Tom Hiddleston is to a lesser degree, a much lesser degree, the way I feel about um, Nathan Fillion. Where that I saw too them. Fat? No, no, no. Too I old. saw them. I liked them, and then the internet jerked off about them so much. See, I didn't realize there was a cult of Tom Hilston until super recently. I didn't know either. You know how I found out? Okay. Tumblr. <laughs> Tumblr showed me the way. I thought the extent of the internet's fandom of Tom Hilston is him going, ooh, and, and slurping up the spaghetti. What? I you saw that photo. There's a photo. <laughs> I think when he's talking to what's her name, who's red hair chick? The stupid, when he's all like, you're you're a fiery quim, or whatever. <laughs> and he makes a face like, ooh, it must burn you up. He makes a ooh face. And someone photoshopped him, so he's like slipping up spaghetti, like, it's like, it is the fucking hilarious ass gift. No, I love, I, I follow, then, mostly I follow t- artists on Tumblr, and there's like eight or nine of these adorable, like, teenage artists who are all fucking obsessed. Are they obsessed with Tom Hiddleston, or are they obsessed about Loki? Both. Okay. The Loki's Loki, a sympathetic character. The Loki obsession spun into Tom Hilton obsession. He's the kind of like he's kind of like he's the male Winona Ryder <laughs> of these days. He's a scrawny, stringy-haired kind of like. All the art school kids, people but on DeviantArt, I'm sure people on DeviantArt love Tom Hiddleston. You know what? Especially because he's the scrawny, Weasley, weirdly sexually fucked up guy who just gets beat up by all the sexy masculine superheroes. This is true. He is quote unquote the alternative punk. He should be the logo of fucking DeviantArt. <laughs> what happened? So I you're can't... talking about how much you hate do, do Tom Hiddleston. No, I, uh, Bill was asking. Bill had asked me if Rachel Weisz had been naked. In yeah, well, this this was started asking me if like I like how you're the person I talk to. I don't even go to Google Image Search. I just say, Hey Annie, has Evergreen been naked anything? Hey Annie, has Rachel Weisz been naked? Anything? And you know, you're like a walking Mister Skin. No, I know nothing about Eva Green. I do not. Because uh, I genuinely have only seen her in like four movies. You know me, like Google Image Search. I don't even have this shit turned up. Like you made me look for what naked Cat Dennings, and I couldn't find it because my. All my safe search was to on. To be fair, I did not find naked cat dennings. My wife did, and my she wife got immediately big felt ass shame. Tits. <laughs> she's she's got the tits that go up to her shoulders. She's got tingle bitties. Yeah, she's, right. it's magnificent. I've seen photos now, and I'm just like, yeah. damn, she's got the tits where the base of her tits is like most of her upper chest. It's not like she's got like. <laughs> hey, everybody, oh welcome God. to the Boy Howdy podcast. <laughs> where a lesbian and a heterosexual male objectify famous <laughs> women. You started. So wait, I only sort of started. But now finish your Tom Hiddleston and we'll move on to Rachel Weisz. <laughs> I was actually going to take a detour because I can't make I can't make fun of any. We all have our boners and we're all at our boners because I was looking at. Um, I I just recently started following a Teddy Roosevelt Museum Tumblr on Tumblr. They posted a picture today of Teddy Roosevelt standing in one of his various parks, just standing, you know, like a wide footed and like his hips, his hands all akimbo, oh, no. and looking like a square job motherfucker and I was suddenly looking at them like Jesus Christ why hasn't Tom Hardy been cast in a Teddy Roosevelt biopic and then I realized because I would orgasm uncontrollably (laughs) from opening credits to closing credits I guess well he was a pretty was he a tall guy because I always picture uh, uh, Roosevelt being this like little squat little sturdy dude he's a beef brain I don't know like not like beefy like as in he was the Wolverine of president where he was tiny but (laughs) fucked up yeah I'll cut you. He's just like a sturdy little motherfucker because he has the build. I don't know. I don't know if you have met many boys who are scr- naturally scrawny and but want to be beefy, so they just beef themselves up you to mean a grotesque Loki degree. from the Avengers. <laughs> no, that is not a good apt. Uh, so what we're saying comparison. is, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He was 
very good at what he knew deals, but what he knew deals. I, I, I can't. What joke are you? No, wait, who's the new deal? Was it Not... Delano Roosevelt? Was it FDR? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I can't even get the right. I'm trying to make a Wolverine joke and a Roosevelt joke, and I got the wrong Roosevelt, and I can't Bill, remember what Wolverine You know thing what? Is. You could have made I a joke do because nice. he was in a wheelchair, like Professor Xavier. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, awkward that's the Xavier. secret history of the X Men. <laughs> okay, Bill, <laughs> this is the prize. This is the homework I give the internet. <laughs> If every every president, no, 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 if every president were an X Man, (laughs) dear Lord, oh my God. Anyway, friends, I'm Annie. This is Bill. Bill did not sleep very much last night. What do you think about Hiddleston? You never really finished it. I said he's not my type of boy. Oh, you said. Well, what about like Nathan Fillion? Well, like Nathan, I meant the sentence that I said, in that like Nathan Fillion. I what vague interest I might have in this man has been overridden by the cult of of you know worship around. So what him. movie is Rachel Weisz naked in? <laughs> this is how this actually conversation actually started. She, apparently, most recently in this movie, Deep Blue Sea, that she was in with. That's not with the one with the sharks, Tom right? Houston. No, it is not. Man, Deep Blue Sea, the one with the sharks. Man, Ice T. <laughs> no, Ice Cube. No, who's the other rapper? Oh my god, who's the other rapper involving ice? Ladies love him. That cool J. He gets chased. He plays a chef who gets chased into his own oven by a shark. (laughs) And he survives. That's the best thing. How does that work? But there's no Rachel Weisz, so it's automatically the worst movie in history. So what? Does she play a junkie or something? I know nothing about this movie whatsoever. Other than I think it's based in the... 50s, she is an adulteress, and there are lots of animated gifts of her cuddling naked, naked with naked Tom Hiddleston. Is she fully naked? Yes. I can't imagine what she looks like fully naked because she's so much Penelope to me now from Brothers <laughs> yeah. Bloom. Yeah. And does she get naked in that movie? She masturbates. You get to see her flabby butt, remember? Because you're obsessed with her flabby butt. Yeah, it was so cute because she got normal human, like, nothing in the world (laughs) makes me happier than normal flabby human woman butt, where it's not like, because you see so much porn and shit where, like, ladies' butt cheeks are, like, grabbed by invisible hands so their butt cheeks are up around their shoulder blades. Yeah. No, it's like she got normal butt. Yep. She's got the butt of, like, what is she? She's 41 now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's got, like, she's got, like, she's not even, like, old fat secretary butt. She's just got, like... (laughs) She's got a nicer butt than Look I Look at the Boy Heidi podcast where we, we judge regularly Rachel Weiss's just butt. talk about Rachel Weiss. What else has she been naked in? What else? What else? <laughs> what else tits edition? Bill, happy uh, day after Day of the Dead, Bill. How is was it? your Halloween? Bill really is dead. I'll tell you about my Halloween. Oh, it's two days after Halloween. That's why I yes. get confused. Because I was like, I know what Halloween just wasn't last night. Excuse me. It's day after the day I after went to the Souls most erotic. Day. It was fucked up Bacchanalian bullshit. Yeah. Four-year-old's birthday party. <laughs> well, yeah, I was the... the uh, I went down to Lad's Edition, which is the uh, really rich neighborhood in southeast Portland. And uh, it's they're so rich, they don't even need street lights. On their elm-covered roads. Bill is making it... So, Bill, um, for non-Portlanders, Lad's Edition is a... Portland is, for the most part, built on a grid. On a, on a grid of... Yeah. Like, really logical grid of squares. And uh, Lad's Edition is the abruptly confusing X-shaped little um, uh, residential area in southeast because Portland. Because the real-life uh, Prince Xavier <laughs> was buried in the middle Prince of the X. Prince Xavier of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Born Philly and raised, he died at the end of World War II until the end of his days. His name was FDR, the French of French Philly. He helped Magneto 
the Wolverine Ellie. <laughs> I am so tired. So what? our audition was was this residential um is really cute residential neighborhood in Portland, Oregon, and it was designed like a hundred years ago to be like this idyllic residential neighborhood. There would be no utilities on the street, yeah. which means there's no there are very few telephone poles and there are no street lights to speak of. So it's cute as fuck, it's quaint as fuck, it's filled with rose gardens, and it is hard to navigate in the dark. Yeah, but tons of kids uh, doing trick-or-treating. There's mm-hmm. lots of families there, a lot of yeah. rich families, so a lot of people handing out really nice candy, artisanal apples. That's right. Shit like that. Bill is eating his artisanal candy. My Three Musketeers. According to Annie, Three Musketeers used to be the Abaladin flavor. Yeah, it used, and so as I recall, I read somewhere, it used to be, it's called Three Musketeers because it had a... A vanilla and strawberry flavoring, and during mind. World War Two, they could they had like some sort of restriction, and they couldn't do all I the flavors. We still knew that that was just flavored like strawberry and Probably. stuff. Probably, yeah. You know, Evan, it was invented during World War Two. No, was it so that it wouldn't melt in the yeah? Exactly, pockets? that's the whole point of that. Yeah, huh. world man wars bring us awesome candy, <laughs> man. <laughs> Willy Wonka tried to destroy China during the Cola Wars. It didn't work out, but the. But the Franco-Prussian War did bring us everlasting gobstoppers. That's true. That's, so, friends... That's the next Assassin's Creed game. Dear listeners, y'all should feel very special because Bill was invited tonight to be in the, the um, uh, Court and Fatboy podcast, and he turned away from that much more popular, much more listened to podcast to instead do our little... To talk about... Freak out about Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars! Star Wars! Walt Disney Star Wars! So, before we divert to that, yeah, so... Um, oh, that you, really you kind of blocked candy. out everything else that happened this week. Did you give out candy at all as part of this, tur- this party? Or was it... No? I sat there and watched other people hand out candy. Yeah. I watched a four-year-old girl try to steal candy out of her parents' candy pail <laughs> as they were trying to distribute candy to other kids. Because she was, she's four years old, so she, of course she's, she's got, she's romancing the stone, if the stone were candy. She just wants to, oh, she was walking around with a Tootsie Roll pop in one hand. Yeah. Trying to shove as many, uh, the candy orange slices. Yeah. With the, sh- with the sugar on top. Yeah. You know, not real orange slices, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Those little, I think they have lime versions too. Yeah. She's trying to shove as many of those in her mouth as possible. <laughs> and then we're still going to have, it was her birthday, so we're still going to have cake and ice cream when this is all oh over. Oh, Lord. I can't. I'm, she I'm, still has she, not slept <laughs> to this day. She must have barfed a rainbow <laughs> as soon as we left later on that night. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of, I, like, it was a really quite high on Halloween. Uh, as as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, my time has all been fucked up because I've been cranking really hard on this Castlevania map, video game map of the world of the Castlevania that I was hoping to get done before Halloween. I got within, I got 95% of the way there. I still need to do about a week's worth of work on the map to really kind of tighten it up and make it look really nice. Uh, so I did put it up online for, for people to see, but it's not the finished version. So at least it was still people got to see the yeah. fruits of my labors. Uh, but I did that, and yeah, did the uh, our friend's birthday party, yeah. friend's four-year-old uh, birthday party, and I uh, did my ritual thing of I came home and fell asleep while watching uh, the commentary, well, I guess listening to the commentary, of The Bride of Frankenstein. There's a, uh, I don't know why, it's the, like, my tradition has turned into listening to the commentary to The Bride of Frankenstein on DVD, but that's why I do. It's, yeah. This guy's had a really nice commentary about the making of it stuff, and my, it's just uh... really soothing. And it's kind of funny, the last thing you hear on Halloween night as you're dozing off is, friend, smoke, good, food, good, bread, good. Yeah, that's kind of, that, that's what I did. My, uh, my wife. Where's the whiskey? What booze? Give me booze. I need, I need. Bill, you're not allowed to have any rum. Oh. Rum, you know what alcohol does not do? Wake you up when you're tired. It's not a depressive. <laughs> 
So, um, I wasn't gonna do Halloween this year because I haven't had time to think of a costume or anything like that or put my costume together. Oh, I heard about that. So, like, literally the morning of, I look at my wife and, um, she had made some joke online about some friends of ours should dress like femme, uh, Uncharted. And I just looked at her and I said, how little effort would it take me to get you to dress as young Sully from Uncharted 3? And so the next morning, she's like, I'm like, I'm serious. By the time I come home tonight, you have to look like young Sully. So she is like, well, fine, then you have to dress up. And hastily dressed me as um, Drake from Uncharted, which is hilarious because then I went to work. And when you're dressed like Nathan Drake from Uncharted, you really just look like you're really schlubby. Yeah. You know? Because what? You had like an open collar shirt. Well, I had a Henley and then a sleeve, a long sleeve shirt underneath that. Henley, it's like a, the waffle knit shirt and usually has buttons. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. It's what Nathan I Drake was thinking wears. like Depression era. No, no, that's a Henley. So, uh, yeah, I was just like, and a half tuck and everything like that, and my Keens. Yeah, and I go to work and I'm like, no, I did not take a gun to work. I had a gun holster I could let you borrow from when I, wasn't I dressed up. I'm not going to wear gun accoutrement. From when I to dressed work. up as Donut Drake two years I'm ago. I'm not going to wear gun accoutrement to work. I'm just saying. I'm going to wear it on the bus. So I, uh, and I was like, oh shit, I just look really trash. <laughs> Great. Well, I come home, my wife has bought a, um, a Cuban shirt, like a great one from like a secondhand store. She had gotten mascara and eyeshadow to give herself stubble and this rich mustache and a cigar. She's wearing a tank top and I've never been more attracted to my wife. My wife looks so good. Rockin' mustache is great. Did you guys hand out candy then? Well, this is the thing. We're like, well, we're going to hang out because this is our first thanks- our first Halloween at our house. Candy Thanksgiving, if you will. And uh, I was like, we, I want to hang out because we live in kind of residential yeah. area. We had three sets of trick-or-treaters. Yeah, here uh, we we got like two trick or treaters. I got at six thirty. I had two kids, a witch with wearing a veil, and a dead princess. And I told them to take a handful of candy. They did. Uh, then an hour later, I got six kids who were very clearly being driven around trick or treating, and whoever had lights on, and they took some candy. And then the very last kid I got about an hour later after that was this adorable fat kid who was yeah. dressed like death. And he just, he was like... You mean Scully Death, not like yeah. Neil Gaiman no, sexy No, 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 no. He like, had like a black cloak. And he had like, kid, yeah. And it was so funny because he was like, trick or treat. And, oh, you know. and my instinct is to also say trick or treat, which is dumb. Cause, but So they go trick or treat and I go trick or treat. And they're just yeah, confused. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, go ahead. Aww. And he just takes one candy. <laughs> and I go, no, please take more. Because we have so much candy. You're probably our last trick or treat. And he goes, no, thank you. Uh, and I, I pointed at his, his dad. Yeah, oh, yeah. I pointed at his dad. I'm like, well, he'll want some candy. Get some more candy. He's like, okay. And then he takes two more pieces and he walks away. Oh, the other I close the door. I'm like, wait. It fully goes, wait until the fat kid to eat more candy. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I saw lots of Adventure Time, Minecraft, and Avengers. Those seem oh, to be yeah? the big things I saw this year. Oh, it's adorable. Yeah, it's great. Because uh, for uh, Taryn, the four-year-old whose birthday party I went to, I got her uh, a Slam-A-Cow Jake doll. Which is a doll of Jake so from Adventure Time that only talks when you hit things with it. Yeah. Which is great to give to a four-year-old. It's the meanest And as gift. I was, like, giving it to her, like, I, there were kids on the front porch dressed like Jake and Finn. It was oh, weird. Yeah. It was like a weird, like, man, Adventure Time was everywhere at that moment. Cosmically, it's like, oh my god. Good times. But, uh, what the hell is this? Oh, I watched Remember Me, speaking of Adventure Time. That's mm-hmm. it. It wasn't a bad episode. I was I thought it was going to be more it substantial. It was hilarious. That's why. That's it why, was great. That's why Adventure uh, is awesome because shit just happens. It's a cliffhanger. It's beautiful. Are they going to resolve it next year? When's the new season? 
Uh, like, dude, in like a month. Really? Yeah. Why even have seasons at that point? Don't question. What about iTunes season if there's gonna just pick up again after two weeks? Are you complaining that there's more Adventure Time? No. You selfish motherfucker. I still haven't watched the last two seasons of Adventure Time. Wait, 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 hold up. Why did you watch the. Why did, did you, you watch, watch the season? You were all like, yeah, you gotta watch Remember Me, and I'm like a season and a half behind, and so I jump forward. It's not like I need. I know. No, but I remember you does build on shit that has happened in between then. Like what? Like, do did you get any? Did you have you seen the stuff about um the Ice King in the past? Yeah, no, I've seen that. I know enough that the Ice King used to be. Well, human have in the you past. seen that episode? No. Yeah, motherfucker. But I've seen the stuff. There's a whole like, episode about that. Okay, so I haven't seen all of backstory, but I've seen enough to understand what's happening. Well, when we talked about Remember Me, it was like last week or two. I remember. Last week. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> All of that for the Ice King. That's just the applicable. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Adventure Time. Um, but no, I mean, technically that's applicable. That title would be work for the Ice King. That's um, not what the title is, No, Bill. Adventure Time is been established. the title of your Nintendo book could also be Bill Mudder's Nintendo <laughs> Time Fun Hour. No, but like it's been established in, in, in Adventure Time lore that the only people who are left over from before civilization got nuked are uh, Ice King and... Uh, Marceline. Marceline. I can see your brain. Oh, that was color. How are they going to, like... So she was a vampire when she was a kid, but then she also got sucked on her neck? Yeah. Because everyone assumed the longest time that she only got turned into a vampire when she got bit on the neck. But then they had a flashback to show her as a kid when humanity was collapsing, but she's already a vampire then, but she doesn't have the neck bite. Adventure Time... She's obviously got a story there. That's kind of a cool thing. Adventure Time only has a cannon when it suits it to have a cannon. Well, yeah, no, the whole post-apocalyptic thing supposedly they kind of made up on a whim because they were like, well, there's an episode where businessmen rise up out of the beach and Penn Ward was like, well, I guess it suggests that I guess maybe this is our world. If these businessmen have been like living at the bottom of the ocean for a thousand years, maybe this is like takes place after our world has been destroyed. And supposedly from there they built on top of it. Although in the credits, you see in the credits, like underground, it's all like cars and shit like that. So yeah, who, it could who also knows? be the cars are fun. Like they said, Adventure Time. There's no canon until there is. I love. There's no canon. No one follows the model sheets for the characters. No, there's no rules, except for there is some, like, basic story stuff, but... Well, no, it's not that they don't follow the motto sheets for the characters, it's just that Penn Ward explicitly, each episode, he wants it to look like the storyboard artist who storyboarded it. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that he's trying to sell Adventure Time to Disney for upwards of $40. We'll talk about that later, Bill. He's gonna donate all the money... To Pizza Hut. My wife looks hot in a mustache. The other thing that happened this week, other than my wife looking hot in a mustache, is um, I watched the movie Safety Not Guaranteed. This has been a weird year in that we got two good contemplative time travel films that were not even remotely similar. Safety Not Guaranteed belongs in the same category as um, Punch Drunk Love, in that it is a movie about people with broken brains who still get a happy ending, which I really appreciate. Safety Not Guaranteed, the Reddit movie. Where the, it was the guy who posted something on Reddit about, like, I'm going to time travel, I need people he to help me. He didn't post it to Reddit. It was posted to Reddit, probably. It was an actual, like, news It's almost like you got options after I hit Reddit. Well. What? Believe it or not, Bill, it, Reddit it, recycles it, material. No! We're on the internet. Reddit is a fashion of original content. <laughs> Ask Kate Beaton. She gets attributed so often. Did you see she was stuck in New York with Scott? Yeah. Yeah, she posts a lot of little cool she little She lives comics. in New York. And she's in the sky. So cute. <laughs> I slash Bill's crush on Scott. Kate Beaton. So, no. Safety not, I'm talking about safety not guaranteed, Bill. <laughs> There's change about not it. the interactive. Has Kate Beaton been naked in any movies? 
She was, yeah, it was weird jo- being John Malkovich. She actually played two naked John Safety Malkovich's. Not Guaranteed is a really good little film. It is like I, a really solid little film. No, we should explain uh, just because this is the movie about. Uh, well, someone posted online an old, what was it, like, just a classified ad? Yeah, it was a classified ad. It was basically about a guy who said, I, you know, I need a partner for time traveling. I've only done this once before. Bring your own weapons. Did it come out that, like, that, like, somebody who worked at the magazine just typed that in as a joke as filler because they needed, like, to fill up the ad space or something like that? I don't know. I think that may be the backstory of how that, but it was an ad that appeared in real life. Yeah. But yeah. So the, the, the thesis of this movie, the premise, if you will, is that, um. It's a great idea for a movie, though. Yeah, it's this, uh, this magazine decides they're gonna go research this guy who wrote who posted this listing yeah and it's it's with Aubrey oh, Plaza what, I thought it was actually like a science fiction movie no well it has it involves time travel oh Aubrey Plaza is the protagonist Aubrey Plaza from yeah. Parks and Rec she's really good in it she's really she's a really good very understated actress is she one of the people who comes to check in on this guy's story or yeah she the... she's she's an intern working with the journalist who but she still acts like Aubrey Plaza she's one she's like no. one of those people who doesn't act as much as she's like Aubrey you're Plaza you're such an asshole no I'm just I love Aubrey Plaza, but you get you you hire Aubrey Plaza, you get Aubrey Plaza. She's not gonna play Scarface. You're such an asshole. What? She's very good in this film, so is Mark Duplass. Who I only know him I know he has like a big mumblecore like um, Duplass. like Uvra that he pretty much owns, but I only know him from the league where he plays a um a narcissistic, disgusting asshole. Mm-hmm. So it was really intriguing to watch him. I love be. his brother's work, Larry Demiglas. <laughs> Magnifico. I enjoy, you know what else is Magnifico built? Your joke. <laughs> but no, it's really, really good. It's available for rent now. Highly recommend it. It is very satisfying. Very Have you ever heard the movie. old grandpa joke? Like someone's pointing out a bowl of M&M's and like, like someone reaches into it and pulls out like, oh, I got a couple W's mixed in here. You know, because it has the M's printed on it. No, I, I have never, never heard that. That was an old, old grandpa joke I heard on the Good Job Brain podcast today. I just felt like weaker. See, this bill is like, what's an RSS feed? I have the RSS feed of other podcasts where I'm like, guys, you know, you, this is the only podcast you have to subscribe to. This, this week in Bill's podcast highlight corner. Also, Corn Fat Boy. Kissed? It was, it was awesome. Mike Russell was horrified. And, uh... My cousin yeah. was holding a cup but underneath it. She had to catch all the spit. <laughs> anyway. Just 30 minutes of... <laughs> so it was a good movie, though. Safety it's Not Guaranteed. It's a really good film. Highly recommended. P.S. I apologize to both Court <laughs> Also, Kate Bates for talking about her being naked and being John Malkovich. 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 No, Safety Not Guaranteed. Really solid oh. film. Really well filmed. Um, Did you just all write it on the performance is really or? great. Um, I'm always curious to see if people watch movies these days, where they get it from. Because, like, it used to be people yeah. like, oh, I got it from Movie Madness, I got it from Netflix. It's available for rent, I think, as of Halloween. A friend of mine loaned oh, it to me can the you day not talk? before. <laughs> My friend whose no, no, name no. runs with the pirate. No, no, no. Gen- I don't pirate any. I haven't pirated anything, like, in, in, in. I'm trying not to pirate anymore. I did not. A friend of mine just generally loaned it to me. There is so. one movie I was trying to find for Halloween that I could not find copies of. They, they were. It's impossible to find on iTunes or on Amazon. Uh, so I found it behind a dumpster. <laughs> 
It's called The Old Dark House. Yeah. It's directed by James Whale. It was the first movie he did right after uh, the original Frankenstein. This is the guy who directed Frankenstein, The Bride mm-hmm. of Frankenstein. And it's also the first movie that I guess Karloff did after Frankenstein, too. They essentially, they essentially reunited for this movie that, like, I guess this is lost movie. I guess mm. Prince of it got lost for the longest time. Interesting. Uh, that it was only rediscovered, like, in the 50s or 60s. And it's still now pretty much out of print. So in order to, like, find this thing, you pretty much have to, like, like, unless you're lucky enough and they just happen to have, like... Uh, super rare DVDs on Amazon.com or something like yeah. that. You pretty much have to like go to like file torrents uh, sites. Or it's like called. Um, so I haven't still I still haven't seen that yet. You know, but you know, that's the legal way. There's this video store here in uh, Portland called Movie Madness. Movie Madness which is, is known not... as a video store mecca. Half their shit is fucking. They're copyright. not shy of having bootlegs. Yeah, bootlegs. They'll have. Don't they like rent VCDs? I think they do. Like, the video CDs that, like, yeah. people used to watch, like, ten years ago when yeah. they didn't want to, like, before it, like, really started torrenting. <laughs> it's a great video store. They'll have it, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I should have thought about going there. But, but. yeah, Seeking Back Guaranteed, really, I, I'm gonna speak highly of it. It's it's interesting because, um, like I said, you don't see many movies about people who are mentally broken and shown in a positive light. Like, that was one of the things I really liked about Punch Drunk Love, is that, you know, you it gives you... If, let me put it this way. If you're a person with a broken brain, you leave those movies at the single... Is the single... person you're talking about, is it just the guy who, posts, who posted the original ad? Is Aubrey... Well, Aubrey Plaza is also lost in her own way. Well, she's not... Imagine if she's trying to hunt this guy down, she's got a story, too. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not at... But, you know, it's... I enjoy movies that are about weirdos finding each other. Yeah. And it's really a satisfying film. Is she yelling at it or angry at anybody in this movie? Because you know, that's that's what Aubrey Plaza's best at. You're such it's a just jackass. Looking at her glasses and just being like, she is not April. And the from camera pans Parks down, and her pants have been blown off. April Ludgate. The names in Parks and Rec <laughs> are the best. They're like something out of like out of like almost Dickensian. Like whoever, yeah. like the folk, the creative team Ron at, at Swanson. Ron Swanson, Tom Haverford. Yeah. God damn. Even Tom Roh- ben Wyatt. Even t- Tom Haverford's original Indian name, it's like Chalish Magish. What's, Mag- yeah, uh, something, yeah. What's Ann Perkins? Like, they're all great Ann names Perkins. because I they... I just hear the name Ann Perkins, Ann Perkins and I just want... <laughs> She's literally <laughs> Ann Perkins. Chris Traeger? Yeah. That show gives such good names. So I guess names. they're really pushing for him to become a cop. Chris Pratt. Yeah, because they were talking about Andy Dwyer. Excuse me. Yeah, because well, it's a huge in the Halloween episode. Well, that's right, because it was this Thursday. Because like, wasn't there was like someone spilled some water in New York and things got like electrocuted or something? There was something happened, made it so NBC didn't show all their shows this week. Pissed me off. And someone blamed it on someone named Sandy. I feel bad for that Sandy. She spilled the water. And I like how that was going to be. Have you ever dealt with a natural disaster of any sort? Um. Explosive chronic gas. <laughs> you know what? As soon as that sentence left my mouth, I was making bets in my head as to whether your response would or would not involve diarrhea. So I'm really uh, grateful that you went with the other kind of gas. I, I, I being from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I did not live that far away from the Hershey Highway. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Uh, no, actually, the only. Uh, uh, there was a tornado in Pittsburgh once where they were filming Dogma in 1999. The Kevin Smith film Dogma, uh, which actually uh, tore up a tree in my parents' backyard. Although I wasn't actually even living in that part of town. I was like, like it was in town, but like I didn't even... I heard about the tornado the next day, let's put yeah. it that way. I was really tired that night. 
Uh, but no, that's that's the only like natural disaster yeah. kind of thing. How Don't make you? jokes about natural disasters, motherfucker. Yeah, that was fucked up though. Did you see like all the flooding that was happening before yeah. it even started raining? Yeah. Like the day before, like Sandy even made uh, landfall. Yeah. And like it, it's not like you made landfall in New York. Like I think it was was it like the Carolinas? It made landfall like hundreds well, of miles like, south. That's the thing about weather. Well, even yeah. like Chicago. It was great because our friend uh, uh, Lucy Nisley, uh, like a couple days before Sandy hit, she was all tweeting like, "Oh, it's so cute and funny to hear people in New York uh, getting so freaked out." Which about weather that would be just considered a uh, light storm here in uh, Chicago? You know, because Chicago is a windy city. They get crazy storms and shit too. And then Chicago actually got bitch slapped, I guess, a little bit by the storm yeah. too. Like it hit the hit the whole eastern, even reaching into the Midwest. Yeah. And she changed her tune real quick. Where yeah. Like, oh shit. It's like whenever there's a hurricane in the Gulf, like Texas, it doesn't matter if you're like way in. Well, exactly. You're gonna get smacked down by it. Fucked up. Yeah. No, but yeah. Yeah. So you, uh, other than I've been through tornado, hailstorm, earthquake, fire. What earthquake? Yeah, man. Um, uh, it said tornado, hurricane. Like I, I've never had to deal with anything like really intense personally. Titanic, a bunch of things. (laughs) It's not Titanic. Point being, motherfucker, don't make jokes about that shit. Uh, friends, any of y'all who Did anyone actually get killed? Because I'm sure people died from, like, heart attacks or, like, maybe... Well, and they may uh, not have been killed by the offsets, storm. Offsets, but, like, but, did no yeah. one... I know they were I flipping know. out. There was a crane that was falling off a building for a long time that everyone was flipping out about. I'm glad to see... Did you see that that crane destroyed the most expensive apartment building ever bought? Oh, no! I didn't hear the fallout! I just yep. heard there was a crane... Oh, really? Apparently there was, like, some... Yes. It must have been a condo or something that went for $90 million oh, and man. it got destroyed! <laughs> But guess what? Guess what? By definition, if you afford, you can afford a ninety million condo. You can afford fucking insurance, and yeah, I'm sure exactly, they're gonna yeah. walk away fine. But. but yeah, so I, it sounds like it was more of a fucked up, not inconvenience, because like being driven out of your home is not just an inconvenience. But at least it wasn't like having water. Doesn't seem like like giant chunks of New York just got outright destroyed. A lot of places got flooded and stuff. Flooding but like, sucks. I know flood flooding sucks. But at least, like, there are structures still to go back to and dry out. It's not, like, just vast neighborhoods. Like, it's not like living in the Midwest when a tornado hits. Bill, if you're, if this house ever gets flooded. <laughs> we live in a basement next to a volcano <laughs> in a rainy part of the country. What bad things could ever happen here? On a fault line that's going to go any day now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, if this basement ever gets flooded, come back to me and tell me, oh, well, at least it was just a flood. You may as well be a goddamn fire. I'd rather have it be a flood than a fire that d- d- burns down the whole house. At least I could just move upstairs if I had to. <laughs> Wouldn't be, I'd lose everything, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Flood is not fun, but... And f- <laughs> this is exactly like you trying to justify levels of bestiality. <laughs> Wait, what are the levels of bestiality? You is this, this going to be our first shirt? There was... <laughs> Level two! <laughs> zebras! <laughs> What are the levels of bestiality? No, there was an episode where you were trying to justify it's not as bad to be fucked by an animal. Yeah, no, we need to make this a poll. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. My point being that natural disasters suck, large or small. What was the, what were we talking about? Because it's bad to get fucked by an animal, <laughs> but it's more outrageous to fuck an animal. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Again, like natural disaster. Annie, let's just put this Anyone's got a hump by a dog. We don't cast her out of society and blame her. Uh, that dog. To be fair, it was an attempted humping. Yeah, not attempted an humping. Annie humping. was chased around for a bit. <laughs> it was not a fun afternoon. But no, my point being that natural disasters suck. Uh, any boy audio listeners who are listening to this three weeks after. 
Hope you're safe. We wish you well. That, you know what? Last week's three and a half hour long podcast was a donation to those people. <laughs> so they have something li- better weather- to do. Yeah! <laughs> Instead of watching Schindler's List on your iPod, you could be listening to the uh, Boy Howdy podcast. Bill, tell me about The Lands of Ice and Fire. Uh, It's a book that just came out. I bought this. I figured this is a tax write-off for all the video game maps I write. Where did I put this? Oh, it's this. It's a, This is a podcast, so it's very important that you have a prop. My chair is squeaky. Um, it's this big ass, it's, I thought it was going to be a book, but it's actually a cardboard box filled with like, is it like a dozen maps of the world of, uh, Land of Ice and Fire? Or Let me see this? King's Landing. Yeah, here's King's Landing. Uh, yeah, it's just a, a bunch of big ass maps of the world of Game of Thrones. If you want to call it Game of Thrones, that's what most people know it as. But it's, yeah, really nice big maps. I think it's like 20, 25 bucks on Amazon.com right now. It's really cool. Like I said, I didn't realize this was, uh... Yeah, it's a bunch of maps you can hang out the wall. I thought it was part of a book that the maps fold out, but no, they're like loose leaf piece of paper. And uh, I think the maps are, let's see, the known world, the west, central Essos, the east, Westeros, beyond the wall, the free cities, the Slaver's Bay, the Dothraki Sea, King's Landing, Bravos, and uh, I guess a whole map just dedicated to all the journeys that all the characters take. And then the maps are pretty goddamn detailed. It's yeah. really nice. Whoever, I feel bad for whoever had to draw all this shit. Because, like, this guy, he obviously had to draw every little building in King's Landing. Just for the King's Landing map. And it's kind of interesting just to see how, like, I didn't, I didn't, like, what, George, well, who's the guy who writes Game of Thrones? George R. R. Martin. I guess he was actually working on this. Because I guess he had to, um, I saw on, oh, online he was talking about this book. He actually had to write a lot of stuff for the maps. Because yeah, I, I had yeah, I had actually to work with the map people to make sure all the layouts were correct, and he also made up new lands that he says the character pro- will probably never want to visit, but he wanted to flesh out the world. Yeah, see, that was my question. I'm like, is, does this include environments that characters are going to go to? Or That's what he said. Novels? That like, there's a lot of like the stuff you see in here that the characters haven't been to. There's probably places they're just not going to see. So there's, the, I don't think there's any spoilers in the maps or anything like that. It's not like there's a part of the map. One of the maps says the place where everyone dies. <laughs> exactly. You know what, dude? There is. It's called the center of the map where the fucking final battle happens where? and everyone gets burnt up by dragons and yeah, eaten by zombies. Yeah, the sun just falls on the earth. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's cool. But yeah, like, it's not really anything to read. You just kind of fold it. I already ripped. Oh, man, I opened up this box and with literally within 10 seconds, I had put a huge rip in the, the map of the known world. Oh, really? I actually almost ripped off Slaver's Bay. <laughs> it almost went bye-bye. Um, well, you have to, like, these maps are really, really big. They're it's not huge. like the maps are just printed on normal, like, it's, I, I wish they were kind of, like, on kind of, like, fake clocky paper, but that would be a lot more expensive. Uh, this is just kind of, like, inkjet paper. It's not bad, but it's kind of, I don't know. But you can get these from them. They're, they're kind of pretty. Um, so that's, that's, man, aside from that and Halloween and uh, Assassin's Creed, that's the only thing I did this week. And even Assassin's Creed only had enough yeah. time to play. Because I was working on Castlevania map, and I'm doing a uh, secret thing for Nintendo Power. Only I was able to play Assassin's Creed for like an hour and a half this week. I have played much more Assassin's Creed than you, and I am only... How far? Like, how many hours? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I haven't checked. But let me put it this way. Every, pretty much every night since, I guess, Tuesday. Yeah, it's been like... I've put in a couple hours of Assassin's Creed that 2. That bad, huh? Or Assassin's Creed You're 3. You're pretty far into the story. Really You've been doing bad. mostly side missions. Or? Well, here's... The, I have a ritual with Assassin's Creed. Whenever I play an Assassin's Creed game and you get to a point in the game where the city is open for the first time, yeah. I go to every viewpoint. That's the first thing I do because that is my favorite part of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. This Assassin's Creed game 
It's not a very good Assassin's Creed game. Is it because there's no big cities, or what's the? Well, I think. Well, aside, well, there's two. There's two things. There's gameplay. There, there seems to be two, three things people are harping on this game about. Game, just basic gameplay design, pacing of the story, yeah. and how things are executed. Like you know, and um, bugs. Bugs well, are really we'll, bad. We'll tackle all three anyway. Go ahead. Um, the 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 big thing that I take no away spoilers, from Assassin's I guess Creed. We're not talk about. <sighs> Do you want to wait till the back end of the podcast and have our Assassin's Creed spoiler cast? I don't know anything about that. I'm still playing as what I'm assuming is... Yeah, con- uh, 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 don't see that. Sp- I consider that a spoiler because I started the game and I did not know about this. You know what? Who cares? Because you don't know anything about him. He's just a Shut guy. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. I think you've already said too much. He's a complicated Stop man. It. Stop it. Nobody understands him. We're going to talk him. about it on the back end. I'm making a no, shaft just joke. decided. <laughs> Shut your mouth. No, I don't we should care wait, for your like, shaft joke. Well, then again, so, although I'm assuming people have picked up the game already. Like, whatever the revelation what I'm talking about, what happens about? in the first couple hours of the game? Because I'm assuming, spoilers, you don't start off playing the game as Connor. I like how I told you not to talk about this and you did it anyway. You end up playing as a boat? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's weird. They made a weird choice. Let's just do it. Let's just go all out. Let's go to Spoiler Town. Spoilers you, for they Assassin's made, Creed They made 30. a weird choice that you, yeah, you don't, you don't open with, with Connor, which I actually think is interesting because one thing that they've never really done with the Assassin's Creed game is, you know what, you don't have to be stuck in one character's head over the whole course of the game. Yeah. And I thought that was actually kind of cool that you get to see... Well, you're always bouncing back and forth between that past historical figure and Desmond. Well, you know what I mean. You don't have to, like, you have, theoretically, you have the entire lineage of assassins up to From the quote-unquote modern... Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, he had, Desmond can theoretically be any number of assassins. And it was always an artificial constraint of the game that you're just stuck within the history of But one. yeah, I'm just saying in the past, you've only got, jumped into one person in the past. I know. And I'm saying... In this game... That you don't have to, and it's interesting that they explore the, that. In this game that you study... they don't do it interesting. The fact that Desmond inhabits a boat. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's daring. <laughs> and then by definition, that means that boat was a father. And that poor woman... <laughs> I know. That poor woman... But... It's only bestiality if he fucks her, <laughs> but not it's if she fucks the back. Of his mask, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sorry. Anyway, no, it's it's an interesting idea. Yeah. This whole game is just like kind of a a series of ideas that on paper are really really good and execution are just really wasted, like wasted. Like the whole idea of being able to be in your ancestor and then like in the next generation is interesting because you can build up a historical context for things that happen thereafter. But it's just, they don't do a very good job of it. They don't use this first character to necessarily build the world. And what pisses me off the most is there's a plot twist. There's a huge plot twist that comes up that is spoiled because I read the codex. The in-game codex. And all these sets of Is this the stuff that Sean's like writing to you? Yes. Like that kind of There are all these little entries that give more context about the history of the world and everything like that. And in past Assassin's Creed games... Is it about the identity? Stop it. Let me finish my sentence, Phil. In the past Assassin's Creed games, there have been huge parts of the plot that don't necessarily make sense if you don't read the codex. Like in Assassin... The most recent Assassin's Creed Revelations... Their Altair's subplot, if you didn't read the Codex, you know, you would not understand the motivation, motivations of some of the characters involved. Yeah. So I pretty scrupulously read every Codex entry when it pops up. This time, a plot, one of them popped up and had plot, like, spoilers for what happened an hour later in the game. That was an unacceptable It feels bug. like this game was kind of rushed out the door where, like, stuff oh, yeah. like that, like, wasn't, like, checked. Yeah. And, like, between that and the technical bugs, yeah. uh, I was telling Annie the first uh, spoilers uh, for Assassin's Creed 3. You meet uh, Frank, uh, Benjamin Franklin. And the first time he, uh, my character met him, 
uh, they cut to an in-game cutscene. You know, it was like live. It wasn't like pre-rendered or anything like that. An NPC walked into my character while I was talking to Ben Franklin and proceeded to have a fucking seizure. Yeah. And so for the rest of the cutscene, this conversation, this guy was like having this break dancing. And it just like ruined, like this is the first founding father major historical character you meet in the game. Yeah. And that was just kind of ruined because like, like, yeah, I'm having a midget like break dance inside <laughs> my chest. You know, I really well, had t- trouble <laughs> taking Benjamin Franklin seriously because he didn't sound like Benjamin Franklin in 1776. Did you yeah, have that problem? And he's got weird glassy eyes too, but yeah, exactly. Well, that all he doesn't of them seem do. Benjamin Franklin-y. Well, I said it like, especially coming after, uh, we, we can uh, compare this game a lot to Dishonored just because they're both big stealth games. This game does not yeah, come off well no, off the heels of Dishonored. It does Because not. it's very linear, very oh, yeah. averse to trial and error and messing around. Uh, but aside from, like, the character design in Dishonored, like, the faces were so had so much more, like, lifelike character, even though they yeah, were well, more the exaggerated and a lot of character looking, to them. Whereas the characters in Assassin's Creed, they all kind of look like the same, vaguely kind of same model face, very kind of glassy-eyed. Yeah. And just don't have that They've much life or animation. That. And everyone's got the same, like, everyone looks like they were performance captured by the same person. It's And bad. it's all very kind of stiff. And the, the stitching between the face, anim- face animation and then the body animation is really badly yeah, done. Yeah, it's, it's like, you can feel, like, like all the seams in this game, super hardcore. And yeah. I've only gotten to the, I'm only an hour and a half into the game. Uh, so yeah. should we explain this? Okay, so the, like this game, I am, I am like a couple of hours ahead of you. We still, okay, all the Assassin's Creed games you're a huge have Assassin's had a lengthy, Creed fan, though. yeah, yeah. All Assassin's Creed games have had a lengthy tutorial. Yeah. Like you could, the last well, Assassin's Creed all the Assassin's Creed, Creed games, games, you don't even see the title screen until at least like half an hour, maybe even forty five minutes into the game. Yeah. In this game, you don't see it for like an hour. Well, Assassin's Creed three. What? How did Assassin's Creed one open? Desmond gets captured. I can't remember, but Assassin's Creed Two had such a fantastic opening in that it starts with. Oh, the... Assassin's Creed One opens with the um with Altair in that um temple yeah. where there are the Templars stealing the the, the. Yeah. So I guess in terms of pacing, what we'll complain about now too is Assassin's Creed. At least I, yeah, I can't remember too much about the first game, but Assassin's Creed Two, the first Assassin's Creed Two, the one that it introduces Ezio, uh, begins with Ezio's birth. Yeah. And there's a whole thing where you're learning, like, you move the control sticks and you're kind of, like, moving his arms and legs, which, yeah. that doesn't help with the tutorial or anything like that, yeah. but that's a great way to introduce a character. Yeah. And Etsy had so much character. Yeah. And, like, his tutorials well, see, this... are him as a teenage ruffian running yeah. around the streets of Florence. This game is really kind of just a, sh- a stark reminder that the only heart and humor that was in his, any of the Assassin's Creed games came from Ezio. Yeah, I know. And with the absence of Ezio, the game is... And I remember this with Altair. It is a humorless... Like self-serious, like really bland. Well, that's what. Story. Also, that's what, like in contrast to the guy you start off playing the game with. Yeah, he's just like this English guy. I can't remember his name. His name Hatham. is like Hatham Holgarth Flor Flor You don't know anything about him. All you Hatham know, Fufu Fart. this guy going around killing people. You don't know anything about him, his personality, his motivation, voyage. All you know, yeah. you kind of you're just kind of really grumpy and kind of growling at people. See, I didn't mind Hatham that much, but he's but just an empty shell. He's though. not he's... compared to Ezio, which, like I said, the yeah. first game starts off. You start off with him being born. It's also the fact that it's Italy, and in, and I said the language, so it's everyone speaking Italian. So it's that extra kind of like yeah, uh, you know, really kind of like of that period, very yeah. immersive, kind of very, very flavorful. And you get to meet his family because yeah. like, he's running around the streets of. Uh, of you know Morris the stakes a lot. He's got a very strong personality, 
And like the first, like you know, the first fighting tutorial is him just like you know having getting into uh, fights with you know people on the streets of, of Florence. And the first climbing tutorial is him just racing across the rooftops with his brother. Yeah. And that's a great thing. And actually, that's when the the first the, the title screen for Assassin's Creed Two kicks in is that when they finish their their race across the rooftops, so the yeah. camera pulls back and says Assassin's Creed Two. This is yeah. a great moment. Yeah. It and makes you feel very much so in that place in that time. Yeah. And then Assassin's Creed Two. Part two, uh, and that's the one that starts with isn't uh, Ezio having sex with some lady and somebody, yes, somebody and burns down to, the villa, yep. the villa, and he has to run out. And he essentially gets Metroided and gets robbed of all of his stuff because he yeah. has to run out of the villa because he's being attacked. But even then, that's a great, like, really energetic. That's a yeah. great way to open a game. Like, yeah. You know, it's almost like Mass Effect Three, where the character's kind of getting their ass kicked and like, yeah. you know, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah. And this game, it starts off. You're just kind of like, uh, aside from Q showing up, who's Desmond's uh, dad, which is that's so... fine, but. It, they're all so poorly designed. The designs for the, all the monitor characters are worse than the last game. Yeah, it's oh man, well they changed they changed Deadman now. He he's got these. He looks like David Duchovny fucked a chimpanzee. They I don't know why they keep insist on messing with all the characters between different games. Yeah, because what's her face wound up looking like like the angler fish from fucking Finding Nemo, <laughs> the scary fish that changes uh, ch- chases everybody. Yeah, uh, Kirsten Bell. Yeah, before she got stabbed to death. Who is in Safety Net Guarantee by the way? Oh, she is? Yeah, unexpectedly. I was like, what? Just a little cameo? Yeah. Aw. Um, but yeah, they changed her from one game to the other, and yeah. she suddenly got weirdly, like, she looked like I a fish. I still wonder if they didn't, they couldn't get the likeness, they didn't get the likeness license for the second you game. Think so? Because you can still recognize it's supposed to be her, but she yeah, just but looks it's like she got a, hit in the face with a frying It's in pan. a different, like, it's yeah. different enough that They obviously, someone else, they rebuilt the model from scratch, at yeah. least. Yeah. Which, you know, you're allowed to, but and Jesus Jasmine now, guy. he kind of looks like this ape man. He looks yeah. like from a Geico, like, caveman insurance commercial. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, like, this, the second, uh, oh, no, so this game, Assassin's Creed 3, uh, starts off, yeah, you're just this guy wandering around an opera house, and which is nice, you know, the opera house is technically well done, they're pretty much showing off, like, oh, look at this fancy environment we made, this big opera house filled with, like, a hundred NPCs, except when I was playing the game, and you go to the opera house, like, uh, there were clipping issues where all the girls' legs were, like, clipping through their skirts, so it looked like everyone was just like, yeah, it looked like they were at the MTV Music Awards because all the girls looked like they were like were dressed like fucking. What's the movie in France? Marie Antoinette. No, what's <laughs> the with all the songs? Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. It looked like Moulin Rouge, but not like yeah. they don't look like classic ladies. Like can can. It just looks, and especially you climb up on the top of the roof of the opera of the ceiling of the opera. You find out there's no ceiling; it's just black void. And you look down, and the lady's knees are clipping through the skirts, and you're playing this character who haven't been introduced yeah. yet. He's just the cipher, like, I gotta go kill this guy. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. You, you get to explore the backstage of this opera house, this London opera house. And I do like the fact that if you're gonna have a game that takes place in the Revolutionary War, that they actually start you off in London first yeah. and have you travel. See, it's not America. a bad That's idea. Great. But the character is such a cipher. Yeah. And starting off the, uh, the the game with a mission where you don't know who your character is. He's just yeah. wondering. He, you can't even You run don't or know like why that. you're killing someone. Yeah. You yeah, don't know what the stakes are. You don't know what are. the stakes are. You're just kind of slowly walking your way through an opera house. And yeah, even after you kill the guy, instead of running out there being a big crazy chase, you're slowly walking back out of the opera house. And they're like, oh, and the guys, you're, you're talking to your, your dudes. You, you don't even know if they're assassins or what. Because they didn't really talk about anything. It's just like your bros were like, oh, you did a good job killing that guy. Come back. We're going to send you to America. And for the next like hour after that, you're just on a boat. You can't walk around or do anything, yeah. really. It's just talk. Go talk to this guy. We'll go talk to that guy. And oh, I thought it was missed, weird that you, you could play to... games yeah. to disrupt your the pacing even more. Yeah, to, to, to break up this heady talking to people. 
<laughs> below decks of a ship for an hour action. Yeah. And one thing that was nice was the fact that I realized that once you talk to the captain, they do let you actually uh, explore the ship for a while. But even yeah. before that, there's 20 minutes where you have to go from point A to point B. And if you walk well, away from where they're telling you to, the game yeah. synchronizes you and yeah. you have to start over again. Well, and my thing, whenever I play an Assassin's Creed game, the first thing you want to do is climb to the highest yeah. point I can. You can't do that on the ship. Did you notice that? If you climb the center mast, you can't climb to the top of it. No. And that, that right there, I was like, you guys don't understand Assassin's Creed. If you don't, it'd be very jump. difficult to get up in real life to cross. Because there's no handholds Dude, or there aren't you, that many handholds on the center mast. And actually, that's why there were fucking, like, things on the side to climb. You're not supposed to be I able did to like to add the, the handholds on the center mast. See, but yeah. my, my point is, if you can do that, you know what? If you can cheat that much, why not exactly. cheat all the Exactly. Yeah. And then just have, like, a thing of cargo that you can jump down I was onto. honestly surprised. As, as pokey as things were going, I was honestly surprised that they let you climb up to the mast. And, and I I was like really happy about it. I was like, okay, this is actually one of my favorite moments in a video game I've played in a long time. Because at first, uh, I didn't even cl- try to climb the mast. I just tried to cr- uh, 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 cloud, uh, climb out on the bow spirit, yeah. like in the front of the ship. Yeah. And I was on the very tip. You get the you get to the very tippy end of that, and that's kind of nice. And you mm-hmm. swing the camera around, and you're out in the open sea, and yeah. the, the, the the sails are billowing, and it's all very. They gave pretty. good boat. And then I realized, oh yeah, I can climb up, climb up to the crow's nest on the, on the top of the mizzen mast and stuff. I was like, oh, this is very nice. Of course, as soon as I get off of that, suddenly there's a big mission where you have to climb that stuff. Stuff yeah. up to save guys, which is not bad, but I'm like, oh, that kind of takes away from the majesty of discovering the fact that I could do that. Yeah. that like, suddenly that's the that actually turns into the climbing tutorial right there, yeah. Kinda. But then, even then, like, there's a whole battle at sea, and like, even plot wise, shit doesn't make sense because there's a guy, the reason you're attacked at sea, there's this big battle at sea where you have to climb the rigging is because you're attacked by this other ship. Who are they're trying to capture you? Yeah, and there's a big storm and and well, what's what's weird? This is again the weird pacing. This ultimately what destroys the other ship is the storm. Yeah. So like all of your agency in that moment is totally well, like. Also, you you you're caught. Like you find out about like somebody on the ship has been like leaving a trail of barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, so this other ship can follow you, and c- eventually catch up to you and capture you. A. This happens for days on end before, and your character never tells anyone about it. It tells the captain like five days later. He's in the middle of telling the captain about this right when the ship actually finally does capture out to them. Yeah. And so this has been going on for days, and he doesn't tell anybody. From a technical point of view, there's no way you could shove a bunch of barrels out the tiny portholes downstairs. Yeah. And the other crazy thing, from a sheer technical perspective, there's a point where during the big battle where the other ship tries to catch up with you, and both your ships are driven into a storm, uh, their lightning strikes the middle mast of the ship, blow, knocks it down, and there's no way you could repair that at sea. But <laughs> then it cuts to the next morning, and the mat, and the ship is t- perfectly fixed again, yeah. despite the whole middle of the ship getting blown over, and knocked down. And there's no way you could re- that. That's a whole big plot point in Master yeah. Commander is the yep. fact that like when you lose a mast, you can't just fix it at sea. You got to go somewhere, yeah. build a new mast. It's gonna take weeks on end. And 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 then yeah, and this is like three days later. Well, we're just going out to see. It's yeah. just like uh, that, that's just that's not even related to the gameplay or the plot or anything like that. But it's, it's just, just like you know. And then and I gotta say, ugh. putting your game in Revolutionary Boston. The problem with that is it's a city. It's a it's a city with really broad ass streets. And when you have wide ass streets, you can't jump from building I to building. That. Yeah. So right there, you've undone half the pleasure of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. You're not going up very tall. The buildings in a lot aren't of very high. Yeah, 
Which is funny, because there's a lot of people, when they first announced the Revolutionary War, a lot of people were wondering about this, because yeah. the cities weren't like Florence. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. Boston is beautiful. Like, just the scale of it is great. Yeah. And, like, because, like I said, the first thing I do in any but Assassin's Creed game is as soon as I... Ground, at no, least. it's not. And, like, the first thing I do is I run and I go to all the viewpoints. A, oh, all the viewpoints... Well, you haven't gotten to it yet. There's a point where abruptly all the viewpoints are available. See, this is oh, what okay. sucks. You get to a point I, in the game... I went to a place where I thought it was going to be... Uh, the one viewpoint I did find was uh, right by the harbor where you just get off. Yeah. Uh, there's a uh, ship under construction. And yeah. if you climb up onto that and then yeah. jump off the bow spread, I think that is a viewpoint. If you don't synchronize, it's... Well, here's the thing. When you first get to the city, the whole city is available to explore, but arbitrarily... The viewpoints are blocked off. Yeah, because I got up to the top. Like, I found the tallest places yeah. in the game. Yeah. And I went up there, and I threw myself off thinking... Arbitrarily, the, it's And I just it's went unlocked. splat to synchronize. And yep. I was like... What? Arbitrarily. Because really? that's what I did. Was that... I went, that, was I went that, to Was buildings. that like that in the other games? No. Fuck this game. <laughs> it's just... Because I thought I was going like, crazy. It's genuinely like... They looked at everything that makes Assassin's Creed work, and they're like, well... Okay. And they kind of included it. Is but... this the first major Assassin's Creed that's been done without what's his name Guise to give them all the uh, guy he who wasn't was... involved in the last one but that, that I think that was more of a filler when they just like what do you I mean how do you define well no but supposedly like this this like supposedly this game was being put together by the same team that did Assassin's Creed 2 mm-hmm. and Point 2 mm-hmm. uh and supposedly the last one was done by a smaller B team who just kind of recycling a lot of assets from Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. And supposedly this is like, it's almost like, it sounds like it's almost like a Treyarch Infinity yeah. War thing where supposedly this is the teams. A game. Yeah. This is the A team coming back. Yeah. After not, you know, since, and, and I'm like, what the hell creative decisions went on? Because this seems Bad like, ones. it seems like the games were, and like I said, I can't complain too much because I'm only an hour and a half into the game. I'm only yeah. running around Boston. Well, it's, I feel like, like I still have not unlocked the game yet because like, I haven't. Yeah. But it's so not fun. It's kind of like with what the fuck Final Fantasy game. We're like, oh, you just have to get 40 hours in and then the game gets good. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, even like using the flintlock, like, I feel like like I'm having to like use octopus fingers to figure out how to like I'm not even that far into the game yet have not unlocked yeah. many weapons yeah. and even then like all the buttons you have to press just to like aim and fire the oh it's, lock, it's, it's just like where you can have a reticule if you press the left bumper playing on Xbox yeah. you'll get an on-screen reticule that you can then awkwardly target with the camera stick and then press the Y button to fire it's awful like, it's so the, bad why not the trigger button if it's just like there's a yeah. lot of things where it just and it's like not I said, logical. especially coming after Dishonored, which Lis- went out of its Dishonored, way to be as intuitive possible. Exactly. And also what and they really cut out, suffers... that game was all about cutting out bullshit from other stealth games with yeah. like Blink and stuff like that, so you can just zip around different places. Oh, that game yeah. was all about like choices and cutting out the bullshit. I hit a sequence last night in Assassin's Creed 3. The reason why I'm not much farther is that I spent an hour I mm, I'm gonna say two and a half hours playing a sequence that should have taken me less than 10 minutes. Because I've heard I there's one or two choke points in the game. I, and then Is I get like another one. Um, it's a stealth mission. And see, especially after Dishonored, where you hit a mission and you hit a level, and there are at least, at least three different ways to approach it. I hit a level last night where there's only really one way to do it. Yeah. Excuse me. You can you have these skills and you can do what you want and you can just run and gun and whatever. But like the game has its like little synchronization things. So it's like here's clearly the way it's intended to be played. And then abruptly they'll be like, Well, you got into open combat, so you failed. Even though it never told you that was a parameter of the mission. Just like bad, bad shit. So I replayed this one mission easily seventeen terrible. times. And I'm not being hyperbolic. 
17 times. Man. I actually, I almost, I tear, I tore off the rubber of my thumbstick. I was so frustrated. Like, just, I'm just playing it. I'm not kidding. Maybe we should go back to Witcher 2. <laughs> Witcher 2 is much more intuitive. <laughs> but no, so I'm playing Assassin's Creed 3, and I'll just say the fucking spoiler since we've committed to it. You start by playing this character. His motivations are ambiguous. You're playing an English white guy. Because I he's, was he's promised. a Templar. He's a uh, Templar. Sokka-looking motherfucker. Indian son of a bitch. Yeah, it's really upsetting to open his white guy. And it turns out, oh, his motivations are meh, uncertain because he's a Templar. You're actually playing a Templar. And but the thing is, is that that means you know you why spent... I'm not surprised because a they go out of their way never to mention specifically that is assassin because yeah. like they like I said in the previous games these games can't stop but I'm an assassin are you an assassin I'm an assassin too welcome to our brother he has brother the assassin. fucking assassin logo everything yeah the dude's got he's got like the assassin gauntlet okay I was suspecting this he's got an assassin gauntlet that doesn't have the big A on it yeah and he's got a fucking little red tie yeah and I was like yeah. that's why I was kind of like are they going well, here's the thing I found that is about that it. what the game this is the codex the tells is? you yes that's the plot twist is at the front of the game. The codex fucking tells you when you read about your mom um, if you read her codex entry it tells you oh after her association with the Templar she distanced herself from Hatham and blah blah blah. I'm like fuck it. He's a well that means that you spend the first three or four hours of the game in this brotherhood with these characters. You basically gather together all these Templars to set up a base of operations in America. Yeah. And then they're the villains for the rest of the game. But that means you kind of get to know these guys and kind of get a sense of their motivations and they're never presented as explicitly bad men. And then abruptly, yeah, boom, abruptly, you are playing Connor, or excuse me, you get you switch protagonists, they are black hats. Like, abruptly, they are really? evil motherfuckers. Is Ben Franklin, do you have to stab him in the face? Like, is oh, that Ben Franklin is not one of your, is not a Templar. Oh, because he asked you if you find pages in my almanac, I'll give, well, you, I'll give you a free out. stove. I found two pages, so what happens? Like, Haytham literally fucks this woman and pretty much never sees her again. Like, did Haytham, like, leave two pa pages and, like, uh... I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Hayden This yet. game is majestic. I'm hoping. See, uh, but, okay, here's the thing, though. Having a game where you're sympathetic hurt. to your antagonist yeah. could be interesting. No, that's... Especially an Assassin's Creed game. This corporate story planning. Where you they never just know like, the Templars at all. And to have a game where you kind of you know them and their motivations, out. it could have been really cool. Instead, the it looks like the guy who's the main evil a Templar is this guy who is kind of an apprentice to Hayden at the start of the game. He's just a Butcher Bill-looking motherfucker. And he's just an evil fucker now. They turn into the Beagle Boys from DuckTales. Yes, pretty much. Like, the first thing they do is they have one character. One of these Templars is sympathetic to the natives. And he's, like, the oh, liaison to the natives. he's at the Green Dragon, yeah. The first thing that they do when you switch to Connor is they find you, a baby Connor, in the woods. And they're, like, th threatening to kill you if they don't tell the location of your camp. And this guy, who's, like, supposed to be the native handler, yeah. is all like, fuck you, kid. Tell us the location or we'll kill you. It's better off for you or you'll be dead. I'm like, are you kidding me? So and they go find the be... camp. They set it on fire. That's the first thing they do for no is this game reason. The death of Assassin's... Well, I mean, it's not going to be the last. Assassin's you know what? Creed, no but Assassin's the death of Creed your is good. For... It may be. All the Assassin's Creed games are bad. I mean, I'll stick with it. I want it to be good. If I made it through Revelations, like, but ultimately, the thing that paid off as all these Assassin's Creed games was being able to beat do incredible athletics through beautiful historical landscapes. Well, you're not landscapes. even going to get to do that. Doesn't I guess it's a beautiful like it. landscape, but it's not really a world design. Are you I just, are like you just having bears and stuff in the snow yet? Uh, I just got to the hunting tutorial. 
Because you get to a point as Haytham where you can go out and you're in the n- nature and you can hunt and shit, but you can't skin them. Right you know now. what? My, my new name for that character is, is, is Jason Haytham. <laughs> I will say this. I killed my first animal and then went up and skin it. And as the animation is doing the skinning animation, the only thing I could think of was, I learned this from watching you, Pa! <laughs> and I laughed. Man! But and as soon as I, I made wanna, that joke I, to Foley, this is, I think, the first, like, technically, like, the first post-Red Dead Redemption full development that's Assassin's That's what I was about Creed to game. ask, yeah. Because when you think about it logically, this game probably was starting development when Red Dead was out. Yeah, Red Dead came out, like, two, oh, what, two years ago, at least. You know, we had this open environment in Assassin's Creed 1, but we didn't really do anything with it or give you any incentive to do it. That's what we should do. We should have hunting and all this other shit. Are you trading pelts for goods and stuff? Presumably, like, that? I, like I said, I'm just in the tutorial. But it's I don't, this Man, game, people at home. Oh. If this game does not get better, don't oh. buy Assassin's Creed Three. Just replay Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What's uh, what was the most well, that's infuriating? A good, that's another game with a great story. That has like, a really good story a and really good characters. Awesome twists and shit yeah. like that. I oh. mean, it's still a, a broken Rockstar story where you go from character to character, but, but it's still, it's still satisfying. James, Marsh, James Marston, yeah. not James Marsters, who played Spike on Buffy. <laughs> um, fuck. So this is what this is the big fuck you to me though. Yeah. So you play hate them, right? And you get to the point where you fuck your mom, Connor's mom, right? <laughs> so you yeah. it fades to back. You're no longer in charge of hate them. And then all of a sudden, you know how in between um, uh, Desmond's um, perception of the modern world and then him going back in time, there's a loading screen where you get you're running through like this formless void yeah. as your character that you play. You play as his mom. You play as Connor's mom. You're running through this environment as Connor's mom. And I'm like, holy shit, am I going to get to control the first female character on a console? No. She is literally in the loading screen long enough to give me the backstory of what has happened between the last time I saw the characters and the present, which is about 12 years. And then the game starts. You're as Connor, and you get to see her long enough to watch her die. This game's poopy, but... Uh, it's no, It's shitty no good, man. It's really bad. You know what? I'm not surprised none of the reviews. All the reviews yeah. were pretty goddamn glowing about Well, like, like Polygon said, it's flawed, but worth it. And, like, I think Otaku said the same. The only review that I read that was actually negative of it was, like, Kill Screen or something like that. And I don't trust Kill Screen because they shat on Dishonored as well. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were the ones who wrote that review of Dishonored. It was like, you know, Dishonored, more like Piss Honor. Oh, yeah. That was guys. Um, I mean, oh. I can't, I can't officially talk too much because, like I said, well, yeah, I'm only like an hour and a half, gotten, two hours into the game. We technically, both of us, neither of us has gotten past the but tutorial. It's this far into but the it's game, it's so no bad. Fun. It is not fun. I was thinking, Foley and I were talking about that. It's no fun, but yeah. not, not a no fun while watching Schindler's List. Sometimes yeah. media doesn't always have to be fun, but it gets to no. be inspiring or depressing. Or and inspiring. my thing is, this is, is that just bullshit. I will do unfun gameplay if there's a payoff for character or plot. There isn't one. There's no payoff. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, you gonna buy Halo Four? <laughs> I keep hearing Halo Four is really good. Everyone saying if you like Halo Four games, that's the best. I put down the pre-order for that. So I don't like shooters, man. And Halo's the shootiest shooter. I like, know. Did, you, well, did you play some Borderlands too? This I week? did actually. Did I let you borrow. You might want to. Just... My wife and I fired up some Borderlands, and we did enjoy it. But um, my only problem with Borderlands is that uh, I'm not very good at shooters normally. And then when you add it split screen, then I can't. Oh, split, my blinders are on, yeah. and I can't see anything. My wife and I actually joked about buying another Xbox and another TV just so we could play together. If, like that's, that, if you're gonna do that, you, there's enough content that you can play that game for a long time. It was fun as hell to play with her. 
And I love couch co-op with my wife. I wish there were more couch co-op Well, games. you can also do the thing where you guys pass off the control and just kind of watch each other and stuff, Well, that's too. not couch co-op. But I, you know what I mean. That's, yeah. But you that's could do couch co-op, That's asynchronous multiplayer, boo. Mm. Man, Assassin's Creed. Is that is that our takeaway this week? It's it's no good, guys. Mm-hmm. What I, else comes out soon? I am from the perspective that's of someone game who of the year, loves though. I mean, Assassin's Creed with all of her heart, despite uh, its warts. And, yeah, and you're, even you're, I even liked Revelations, and you're I an can't, Assassin's Creed apologist. I would say if you like Assassin's Creed, play Revelations. I cannot say in good faith if you like Assassin's Creed, yeah. play Assassin's Creed. Supposedly, the Vita game is not that great too. I would I will play that just because it has the a female tra- of, yeah. protagonist. But I'm not gonna. I can't buy a Vita. God, just I just I just I'm curious to see if this game actually wraps up the shitty 2012 apocalyptic. I just want an Assassin's Creed game. That I wish they could just ditch the Desmond shit and just have. So you know what? Fine, fuck it. Let's future games just have you take place in the past, killing people. We'll just come. Well, each game will be its own separate story. We're not so worried about this overarching. <laughs> you know what just happens last bullshit. night in the story? What's that? <clears throat> There's a point where Desmond flips out at his dad, and he because technically in the course of the game, this has only been a couple of weeks for Desmond. Yeah. Desmond's had a fucked up time, and um. Desmond fr- flips out at his dad and goes, why the fuck does it have to be me? Why can't it be you? Yeah, because And Desmond's the- dad literally says, what, you crying, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, they never address it. Because it's not like, whether or not you're old or not, as long as you're, you can, like, plug in the animus. Well, no, in in the, if you tech, if you want to get really technical, oh, there though, is a story reason. the reason why is that basically Desmond, is, beyond trying to find all of these resources in the past, it is basically like a boot camp for Desmond. Desmond is having, over this brief period of time, this thing to become the ultimate assassin so he can lead well, the also, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Man, even also, if I could just, like, if, if excising all the stupid, the, the sci-fi, especially coming off the heels of Prometheus, which, uh, whatever story problems you have with that movie just from a design wise to be yeah. great it aliens had, are the could... seeding uh people who created man like even seeing the recap of previously <laughs> on assassin's creed which thank god they had by the way because i yeah, I, I love assassin's but creed seeing that, like oh yeah the aliens created humankind and you see like uh De- or is it Ezio talking to like they yeah, think you know looking lady it's just a golden glow go- glowing golden lady and i'm yeah. like even after the heels of Prometheus, story, this story even seems crummier. Yeah. Where it's even more just kind of like... Yeah. Pre- even Prometheus did this story better. Like, yeah. Ugh. And Well, uh, what's confusing about Assassin's Creed is that... So there were the first... I hate that they call them the first Civ, by the way. Jesus Christ. These aliens, the quote-unquote first civilization, they... Created I'm a total humans. Grumpy cat face. Yeah, you guys can't see it, but that is Bill. That's our picture this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grumpy cat dressed like Ezio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's going um, in the show notes. <laughs> no, so it's um shit. What was I saying? Oh, uh, so I oh remember. no! The first civilization created humanity and enslaved humanity, and humanity rebelled, but. There's an apocalypse that is independent from this, and First Civilization is helping us in the apocalypse. That's what I'm saying. But the story, who gives a shit? It's so, like, none, no one, no one, no one, no one plays the Assassin's Creed to find out what happens at this Well, even on the face of it, do you need those stakes? Like, it adds no. in, it gives a timer to everything. 
But couldn't it just be like your scrappy underdogs fighting a big evil corporation that's trying to control all yeah. mankind? What I hope they explore this. Which a is already more. kind of James Bond plot to begin with. They, you mix in aliens and yeah, oh, yeah. They set this up a little bit in this game, and that you're from Hatham's perspective. And there's a point where he's talking about the ideals of the Templars, which is kind of interesting because the Templars they're not it, it, on the face of it the assassins look just as evil as the Templars. Yeah, because the Templars are the of the opinion that well, humanity just needs to be guided and we will guide humanity to a greater tomorrow. Whereas the assassins say, no, and you have to be killed because you feel that way. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting that you have for the briefest moment, Hatham, like, being the, the what is it, like, the rational Nazi, or like, well, you know, we're doing this and this, you know, and not just the evil, chin-stroking yeah. motherfucker. Although, like, him presenting the, the other side of a story that barely already kind of makes sense, like, that doesn't mean, like, yeah. It's just, it's... And it, but what's frustrating is that this could be interesting. It could be it interesting could be. to have the Templars. But if if if, if you had if you had uh, somebody like if you had one person behind the story that had a consistent vision that was allowed to carry the story through, yeah. but it's all it's all by committee. Uh, the well, it's one all an guy who for created, pieces. yeah, uh, the one guy Yves de Gamal or whatever his name was, who was in charge of these, who came up with the whole Assassin's Creed formula, came up with the plot. He left years ago. Dude, I'm gonna say it. The story of all the Assassin's Creed games have been pretty shitty. No, that's what I'm saying. Ezio was the only thing that's been like from a story as a character. As yeah. a character is the only thing that has given a good but story just, to Assassin's Creed. I want them to get rid of the sci-fi shit just so I can run around the past without glowing spiderweb shit just <laughs> appearing over whatever shit I'm supposed to interact with. And just yeah. even the button, the context-sensitive button, just the fact that like no matter what I want to do, if I if it's shoot someone or touch someone's butt, it just says... <laughs> press b to interact it's so kind of like sterile and just kind of like yeah uh, like i wish at least if you see the dog it said press b to pet dog not just interact because then uh, like it does does it it says b pet oh because like i killed like fifteen thousand dudes in the boston commons yeah and like i was trying to loot their bodies also the fact that loot the bodies or pick up weapon are the same button yeah so i'm like i'll like okay i'm gonna loot this body oh, i just picked up the weapon oh no i just oh fuck what the fuck when you're trying to be salty too on the heels of dishonored when you go up and you choke at a guy you have yeah. to wait for him to collapse before you can pick up the body oh yeah. man that's so that's frustrating after playing dishonored and like, so i'm trying to loot all these bodies and like i'm trying to like i'm trying to just trying to loot the bodies so there's a ton of guns everywhere so i keep and there's this dog who walks in the mix so i'm pressing <laughs> the b button and the game can't decide like okay pet the dog pick up the gun drop the gun loot the bo- start looting the body stop looting the body pick up the body because all these different contexts are the or same button, button yeah. and it's just like oh man it's no good. it's no good it's really oh, bad nice. i can't here's the thing i could always say something good about the assassin's creed games i can literally not think of i kind of like the music Assassin's Creed's always had good music. It's a different music guy, though. Well, also, so. this has, like, more, like, shanties and, like, the yeah, source music had, is really yeah. nice. But that that is all I can think of to say nice about Assassin's Creed. Then again, Dishonored also had Drunken Whaler. That was a great song. That was great. Um, so, yeah, is this, was, this your, was this your big gamer of the fall? Well, I wasn't really paying attention to it. My I big, know, but, like, I is there anything else coming out fall. this fall that you're really going to get wound up about? That you're going to get excited while it installs oh, as much man. as it did Assassin's Creed. That was what's really upsetting because I love Assassin's Creed so much. Like that moment before I have played an Assassin's Creed game is my favorite moment of all of gaming. Because that's in the beautiful moment of possibility where it's like, man, and I remember everything I love about Assassin's Creed. And like, oh, I'm going to climb on things yeah. and it'll be like sneaky. Hopefully they take a, like, like instead of trying to, I hope they're, I hope they're not serious in annualizing this shit and try to crank mm. out Assassin's Creed 3 Part 2 next year. 
I hope they take a t some time off to like, they like won't. I said, reboot the story. Try to like they won't. cut out as much of the uh, of the crummy future stuff as possible, and try to well, streamline the story. To be fair, in this focus game, focus on the past stuff. You can pretty much play the whole game without having to go to the past. I know, like but there's still, an, I, or should be to the present. No. But Ubisoft is completely misunderstanding misunderstanding how much I care about what happens to Desmond and Well, it's a framing the device it, for the story. Really, it's and like once they wrap up the 2012 stuff, they can kind of like uh, I just want to be I want to see some different assassin histories. I want to see a lady assassin. Okay, friends, uh, listeners of the podcast, anybody who's not given up to hear us stop hearing us bitch about this. Anybody who's played um Liberation Send us an email. Send us a tweet. Tell us what is the framing device of that game. Are you Desmond? Yeah, that's like, a good question. Yeah. Are you a different assassin looking back at Abilene? Because I remember one of the Assassin's Creed games for the PSP, um, where you Altair. I don't think it had the framing device at all. I think you're just straight up balls out playing Altair. Oh no 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 no! There was like you are you the player are in the Animus remembering Altair. I, I think, know. and so the menu is like the Animus or something like that. I presume Liberation does a similar thing because no one has mentioned any of the the modern day context. Because it's for New Orleans, it. you're actually playing as Anne Rice. <laughs> So that's it. This is the death knot for Amy's love for Assassin's Creed. <laughs> they right may have, here. they may have like strangled it. I'll keep playing because we'll I love Assassin's Creed so much. You'll probably you may have been next week if you can get past these shitty missions. I'll yeah. probably be just talking about Halo Four next week because uh, I'll actually have time to play games. Yeah. Uh, man, and like I was hoping they would have patched uh, the Walking Dead. Yeah, they still haven't. No, that's still fucked up because I was yeah. still hoping to play that before Halloween. Yeah, never worked out. I might just have to wait until. That the next game comes out and hopefully they'll have the do can i set up my steam account on your computer yeah i think so because yeah. i could just you can just play it because my computer this Did week you buy is it yeah i bought it i bought walking no, but, dead like, the on thing sale is I, already, I already played the first i'm waiting for them for the practice so like you know because i already played uh, the first three chapters there's a lot impact, yeah well it's ma very right. mass effective that way yeah so i'm willing to wait Thanks my computer offer. finally did is started doing shit that is unconscionable it has started arbitrarily when i enter my sd card if I like to look at my photos, it will randomly delete photos off of my SD card. Yeah, get a new computer. Or just art like arbitrarily corrupt. I might it. have to do that this month. <sighs> Great, because it's not like my wife's birthday and Christmas are coming up. That's I have all you, sorts of that's money. That's why you guys get each other for floating your, around. Like, get that for your cells uh, for your birthday and early uh, birthday. Your birthday's in two months. Uh, get that as an early birthday uh, present slash Christmas gift. This I year want, you can roll things I together. <laughs> I'll get you a Jake doll. I want trinkets. Slam a cow. Slam a cow. Uh, the one trinket I did get this week, guys, is I got the Play Arts Garrus Vicarian action figure. Oh, that showed up? It showed up today. After, like, my seven-month pre-order, guys, it is the most beautiful Garrus Vicarian action figure is it posable? ever made. Yeah. It's great. Aww. You can post It's photos. so beautiful. Oh, yeah, so I posted a photo that... to Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I, I did. see that, yeah. Like, as soon as I got it, I posted a photo to Twitter. Yay! It is beautiful. It's so great. If you're a Garrisist at all, you have to get it. Also, Bioware today on their buy on their store posted um two pre orders for really nice looking prints. Two really nice looking prints. Anything one of that Garrus, you wanted to get before? Actually, I'm kind. Of, well, these are new ones. Was it a Tali print that you were trying to get before? Or was it a Garrus print? There was a Garrus. There, there, there well, there was, was a Garrus print. There was like, there was like a, a concept art thing. Yeah. This is like a print. It's like a screen printed thing. It's like really nicely designed. One of Garrus and one of um uh the team. Yeah, because I know there was a limited edition Garrus something, some yeah, kind of poster. I mean, it, or something it, it sold out in like 15 minutes. That, like a year ago. Yeah, but. But anyway, oh, yeah, this gear, I, it makes me really excited because I, my wife and I, because we're losers, did pre-order Femship 
Tali, and then while we're at it, we threw in Ashley because, yeah. as my wife said, of the figures or of the posters, uh, of the figures, of the figures, the, yeah. this play arts line. As my wife said, how many options do we have to buy badass ladies Space Marine action? How much figures? are they? Like twenty, thirty bucks? They're, no, they're sixty dollars a piece. Do you know how much money I will spend on Mass Effect action figures when this is all said and done? If you can get the whole gang, that's actually if you're gonna invest yeah. in one line of yeah. of action figures, that's well. And play arts makes a damn. Then fine you're talking to a guy who's buying a Wii U in two weeks. <laughs> But still, like I that's... have the play arts. Um, they did the Drake action figure oh, that came out a while the... ago. Okay. They had, um, uh, they did a really good Ezio, and I have a big boss. Oh, so it's that company. You already have a whole bunch of other stuff. Square... This is Square Enix's um, uh, action figure. They're Robin Square Hood Link. and Mass Effect play arts action <laughs> that's, figures. That, that's where I pop for myself. That will be when I, um, when you have to have my pyre at my Viking funeral. I want it to be my Robin Hood collection and my Mass Effect. Well, you know, I wish I could talk about my uh, Mario Brothers sex doll collection. <laughs> My artisanal Mario. But I broke them. Yeah, I. When you're a fat guy, you tend to like. You tend to pop them very. The easily. force of my love juice broke them. <laughs> Sorry, housemate just screamed. Okay, so that's the end of us bitching about. <laughs> this oh, ends our Assassin's Creed Three bitch fresh. Friends, you are gonna take a brief and, like, break. You and I collectively have not played enough time in the game to even beat. We've not gotten through the tutorials, and it's already uh... the worst Assassin's Creed game. That's bad, guys. Thank you, Internet, for warning us about this. <laughs> Friends, are going to take a brief break, and we'll come back and be in the realm of Hang Geek Week. Musical internet nude. It's time for the Geek Week interview, or as I like to call it, our hot butt prevention hotline. We ordered a very spicy pizza <laughs> for lunch or for dinner right before the podcast, and I'm only being able to eat a hot, half a slice because I know I'm going to get hot butt later. Pobrecito. Get the volcanic hot butt. Well, friends, let's talk. Let's just Do get into it. Let's talk about the most important issue Do they of the week: sell chilled toilet paper. <laughs> Because if you have hot butt, that's what you're looking for. Because you don't want to put, like, aloe vera on your butthole. And you don't want to, like, stick it in front of the fan. You don't want neighbors looking through the window going, what Ice the? does Is help with inflammation, to... too. Yeah, that's what I was saying, but you don't want to, yeah. There you go, Bill. What are we talking about? Let's talk Nothing. about the most important Actually, issue of the week. This is going to be a quick uh, Geek Week in review, I think. Because this kind of blew everything else out of the water. Disney bought Lucasfilm. As anyone who listens to this podcast well knows, because all of you guys gotta be nerds if you listen to this podcast. I'm sure everyone listening to this is fucking sick and tired of hearing about that Lucas shit. Lucasfilm, right man. What was fascinating about this whole thing was this is the first time ever I have witnessed a big giant conglomerate purchase an independent company and everyone has been losing their shit with enthusiasm about it. That's That just shows how badly George Lucas <laughs> fucked up Star Wars. Yeah. That everyone's like, yay! <laughs> 
creator sold off his beloved franchise to a monolithic corporation. Yeah. Everyone's just like, uh, 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 uh. Now it maybe good people can work on Star Wars movies. It's so strange. Oh, man. I, I, I wonder if he, like, goes home and Googles, like, himself and goes, like, or not, I, this week, it's not like he had to Google himself to find this information, but I wonder if he goes to click and read the comments and he's like, a little single tear drops down his eye. <laughs> Mm, no nope. one. Did you see the pictures? The press photos. Disney keeps yes. on pulling out George Lucas to put him out for like yeah. press photos. There's one of him. He's holding a bunch of lights. He's holding a lightsaber in front of like uh, Disneyland costume characters. You know, yeah. like Mickey Mouse, and dressed Donald like Goofy, yeah. dressed like Star Wars characters, and he looks so tired and disinterested. <laughs> and then there's a couple photos of him actually fighting the other characters with yeah. the lightsaber, yeah. and he's just like. Barely moving, has his <laughs> arm lifted. It's the most passive. Like, uh, I just want to go home. I sold the company. What do you need me here for? They knew who I am. I'm George uh. Lucas. This is my shit. Man, it's even more depressing that those aren't even his characters anymore. No, he just, he just wants to go home. Yeah, yeah. George Lucas. However, bully to him, he's pledged to give almost all of it to education. I've seen people point out that, like, technically. This makes Star Wars the most beneficial to society piece of artwork ever made. <laughs> just pound for pound. How, like, if Star Wars, if, all, if the popularity of Star Wars results in $4 billion <laughs> being poured into the United States education, that's probably more than the actual education budget of the United yeah. States. Yep. That's going to buy a lot of, like, I hope I hope that uh, That's going to buy a lot of plastic recorders, <laughs> I'm just saying. The kids can then pretend they're lightsabers. It's, you know what, actually, $4 billion part of the contract is, is he has, uh, the, the United States government has to build, has to use that money to build half a Death Star. <laughs> sings Mary had a little lamb at, 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 at the earth, and that's it. <laughs> But it's yeah, like the, a giant speak and spell in space. The, the second half of this news was, of course, the announcement, the more unexpected announcement. Oh, this is that I, Star Wars Episode Seven will come out in 2015. Well, like the first, the news was like, "Well, that's crazy!" Like, like, yeah, like Star hardcore Star Wars fans were flipping out at the first news, just the fact yeah. that Lucasfilm got sold. Yeah, and then yeah, then like literally like half an hour later, like, oh yeah, P.S. Star Wars coming up in three years, and just. <laughs> like that's when the internet hit warp speed and yeah, just like everyone's man. faces got melted Jesus off. Jesus Lord! I guess well, well, if this were spaceballs, it'd be uh, plaid speed. That's right, plaid speed. Yeah, no, but uh, the uh, what was most uh, interesting is that um, uh, local wonderful person, um, Fatboy Roberts, wrote he's an the article. First one to point this out, it seems. Theorizing that a couple, like maybe a year and a half ago, which frankly is when they sh- were gonna start crafting this deal. Yeah, supposedly, uh, yeah, Disney and Lucas, um, George Lucas started talking was like, it was like in May of 2011. Well, and there's some credence for this because, um, uh, like the lady who became like the VP at Lucasfilm, everyone was like, why the fuck is this lady coming on to this, you know, broken ass freight train? And now she's the president of Lucasfilm. Oh, Kathleen Disney. Kennedy. Yeah. And uh, so and that happened around the same time that Damon Lindoff was tacked, was tackled, or it was tapped by Disney to write a big um, uh, tentpole sci-fi trilogy. Just that even would, talking about it, that sounds right. D- directed by Brad Bird. That's, I mean, I d- no one really wants Lindelof near Star Wars, but well, it's not like you have to be a crack writer to exactly, write Star Wars. Exactly, it's Star Wars. It's not like you have to worry about, you know like, mystery puzzle box no. shit, like... you just have to know how to have a good time with fun characters. You just have to design your fun... With spectacle. You just have to resign yourself to the fact that if Lindelof is writing Star Wars, uh, the first main character is gonna die by sticking his face into a Sarlacc pit, <laughs> and that it's going to end with all the characters going to Jedi heaven, and then, Je- and, and like, Obi-Wan coming up, goes to Obi-Wan saying, 
This you spent your best times of your life with these people. Go through that door of heaven, Jack. We can't Stop explain anything this more. Cheese platter <laughs> in the hallway of heaven. I love. Well, this just means that Hugo's gonna show up as a force ghost at the end of the last Star Wars movie. But yeah, uh, man, Brad Bird directing a Star Wars movie. This is the best I, possible thing. That is a great fucking choice. I know. I know. Everyone was like, I'd rather have Brad Bird working his own movie. But I don't really would. Brad Bird. But Brad gives Bird. he he what he cares about is care. Well, that's the thing. I, like, Brad Bird would keep Lindelof, whatever like terrible story choices uh, Lindelof may make. Brad Bird. Name another director that well, you'd want to do just it. Just because we're talking about this, this means it's not going to happen. Yes. That, oh yeah, this is, we're getting a little well, too Disney's excited. Well, Disney's been pretty but smart if you're gonna with their Disney, Marvel. If you're going to spend $4 billion fucking dollars yeah. on a movie franchise, you're not going to get fucking, you're not even going to get Michael Bay to be on this shit. You're no. going to get like, you're going to, the first person you're going to talk to is Well, think Spielberg. about it. He's you're going to go done... to Steven Spielberg. Fuck Steven Spielberg. You're gonna be like Steven Spielberg. We will, we will give you four billion dollars <laughs> if you direct this. If we gave George Miller four billion dollars to get this, well, you could argue. But then you start talking to whoever's yeah. not Spielberg, that kind of caliber. Well, ex- and well Brad Bird's on that rung of super fucking badass. Brad Bird is a is a critically acclaimed director. He has done critically acclaimed action movies. He's done critically acclaimed children's movies. Like other than Spielberg, you, who else has done that? At? I don't understand. <laughs> What's your point? Oh, that like, actually makes sense. Like, because Star Wars, let's be honest, Star Wars exists to sell action figures, and Disney knows this. And and who else? Like, you got to get somebody who could do a good action movie that'll get adults and well, seats. Also, but the big thing Brad Bird was kids. Like, yeah, well, the big thing Brad Bird was also working on for the longest time was 1906, his movie yeah. about the San Francisco earthquake. And I was wondering, like, this, like, also 1952, what the hell is that? Yeah. What would pull him away from his big personal private project, yeah. 1906? And what would give him the blank check that he could use to write out, you know, making his 1906 movie? Yeah, I le- well, everyone's assuming, it, everyone's hoping it's going to be Joss Whedon, which they can't happen. Because, no. yeah, Joss Whedon, he's got another little Joss movie. Joss Whedon, I'm going to say it, Joss Whedon well, would Well, no, write, even aside from that. He would write a good Star Wars movie. I don't want him to fucking direct but the he's Star working, Wars But he's got Avengers 2 that's going to come out the same summer. And so he's, he's got, just, like, even if, even, even if he was... He, dude, is not... I love Joss Whedon. Dude, not oh, he should direct it. I can see him writing. He can write it. He should not direct no, it. No, because he's not a director. Because you have to Even have the a, Avengers a... has a lot of arbitrary like, camera angles, like Dutch angles and shit yeah. like that. Like he's You've not a director. You've got to have a crazy ass like visual director. You yeah. know. Then again, if Richard Marquand, the guy who directed Return of the Jedi, it's not like he was like a snap director. It's not like that movie is like so beautifully put together. No. So it can you can still have a very workmanlike Star Wars movie and still have it be entertaining and fun. There are two ways but Disney can want, approach need, this. But you need a writer and director team or someone who writes and directs these movies that will be a real not a caterer. <laughs> a cultivator. Yeah. Uh, a custodian. Yes. Who will really like not just just be a hired gun, but someone who really knows what Star Wars yeah. ticks. And... The other thing I'm excited about is that Disney and their goddamn Disney Vault bullshit. Like, I'm like, surely, surely they will come out with the original trilogy. Yeah. And we'll just well, put it in the fucking Disney There's a stumbling again. block in that Fox owns the distribution rights in perpetuity for the first oh. Star Wars movie. But that just means Disney has to talk to Fox and try yeah. to get a deal. It's not just guaranteed. That's the one thing out of all the stuff that Disney did not get was... And even that's just... Distrib- they own the rights to Star Wars and stuff, but they yeah. just can't put it on home video without talking to Fox first. Because yeah. when George Lucas first made Star Wars, he was just a he was a hired gun working for Fox. Yeah. It wasn't until after Star Wars became a huge hit he was able to renegotiate his contract. And right. everything that came after the first Star Wars movies was uh, the property of Lucasfilm, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Okay. And I think that in, in exchange for that, he gave... Uh, I think he gave Fox like part of the cut of 
the merchandising and all that stuff okay. like that. But that's how we negotiated. That's how we put himself in a position where he can sell Star Wars lock, stock, and barrel to yeah. everyone. But yeah, so it's technically he, yeah, like I said, he still owns the movie, but the d- distribution rights. So so Fox Disney could next week put out a. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars original cut Blu-ray box set yeah. just can't have Star Wars unless they talk to Fox. So yeah, yeah that's that, that's not impossible. It's just I love the the two footnotes of this whole buyout. The so like the first by the way footnote was oh yeah episode seven, and then like the second by the way footnote was like oh yeah but they also know this also means he owns Indiana Jones. They own like um uh, uh Industrial Light Magic. They own Skywalker Sound, and they own Lucas Arts. Poor LucasArts. You know what? LucasArts... Well, what's going to happen to LucasArts hasn't been doing anything for a while, LucasArts has been beat to shit for years and years. They're and not producing any LucasArts-y games. Well, they haven't well, in Well, even that, it's only like they develop... They, do they do any in-house development anymore? That's the thing. Because I know, like, The Force Unleashed, that was somebody else. They, con- they It seems like they're a merchandising house that contracts other third-party developers. They stopped years ago being a developer. Like, yeah, I that's think, what I'm saying, yeah. I think, what is it? What is it? 1313, the one they just announced? Was that their attempt called? at doing an in-house? I think that's mostly in the house with some farmed out assets yeah. and no one knows what they're not this talking means about for what's that. going yeah they're, well because guess what LucasArts is such a tiny part of their business what makes me sad is that they're never they're never going to touch those properties they're never going to touch Monkey Island yeah they could just lock it in a vault and because you know it, who really this is the cares unfortunate thing about like that I mean it's easy to forget Lucasfilm was a huge company but it yeah. was also an independent company. I, you know, what? I don't think of it that way because it was such a big it, thing. It was, so, yeah, it was so monolithic, and the properties in it were yeah. so titanic. It's so yeah. weird to think that George, George Lucas owned it. George Lucas is still technically an independent filmmaker. All the Star Wars movies after Star Wars were independent movies. Which is such they a were weird distributed thought. by the major studios, but every every dollar that ever went to any of the Star Wars movies after the first Star Wars film in 1977, that he paid for those out of his own fucking pocket. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah, uh, the caterer on Empire Strikes Back, his <laughs> yeah. checks were you know, signed off by George Lucas. Yeah, and so that even yeah boils down to LucasArts. So he never had, had to answer on anybody. They could yeah. like that's that, that's probably the one of the reasons why the LucasArts game boom of the '90s happened because they, like he wanted to get into games because he just wanted like back he wanted to, back in the day he wanted to diversify and get into everything. Yeah, and he was willing to write off blank checks to not blank checks, but he was willing to fund kooky games that other. Like EA at the time wouldn't develop, and so that's how you, know, you end up getting stuff like uh, was Grim Pandango a LucasArts game? It was, get, the, it was full throttle. Yeah, it was like that. But even then, that was when the shit was getting Man- shakier Mansion. and shakier, and yeah, and and in the end, yeah. They... But at least there was a golden era of like six or seven years there, where like LucasArts, because it was like it was almost like this indie game studio within an independent movie, uh, yeah, studio. Oh, it's man. weird. To it was think. a golden time, and now they're bought up by Disney. Like, as much as everyone's excited about new Star Wars, this is also the fact that like you got Disney owning Marvel, Star Wars, Muppets, yeah. Pixar. Yeah, it's a little bit like if you are into kitty shit these days. If you're a little kid, or if you're yeah. into like yeah. family stuff, man, there's Disney's kind of corner of the fucking market. Yeah. It's like fuck, man. That's 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 not good. This is literally like is in, in sci-fi dystopian people. futures when they're like, you know, all food is from Food Co. You know, like, this, this is, is this literally is that. Yeah. This is the, this is it. Well, it's interesting because now everyone kind of, aside from the Clone Wars being a big thing with kids right now, I think everyone was kind of expecting Star Wars to kind of go into slow death spiral as yeah. George Lucas got older. I assume that and was maybe, it. Maybe 
you might get more get star, more Star Wars movies twenty years from now when George Lucas is dead. But for yeah. now, for our foreseeable future, yeah. that was pretty much it. It for Star Wars. Yeah. And now, yeah, new Star Wars Episode Seven. I literally, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would tell you that I would be dead. Most people yeah. would be dead before we actually ever got to see an Episode Seven. Seri- much less in a few years. Or at least years. old people. It wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be. George Lucas had to be dead in the ground. There'd be like at least a decade of fucking combative legal wrangling yeah. to whoever inherits his estate giving out the rights and finding creative team to like even even to even think start putting together a new Star Wars movie yeah, yeah and for them just got hey guys guess what guess, guess what come out in three years yeah oh <laughs> man so it's it's mixed so was, was Red, oh. Red Tails was a swan song Kanye that's right Maybe like it he turned made, out so badly. He's like, he I can't made, make films. What's he going to He made home? the movie he always wanted to make, and then he's like, fuck it, I'm going home. That's a really good point. That That's the movie everyone, like, he worked on that for 20 that years. That was the movie he wanted to make. That was George L- the movie. And that, everyone hated it. Everyone hated it. I've never seen it. I've never, it's been if on home video for a year. If you can get my butt in the seat to watch a movie about the Tuskegee pilots, then nobody's going to watch that well, I wonder if that actually, I mean, because, did that come out this year or last year? Last year. So that was so he started talking to Disney probably because yeah. that was not like the spring of two thousand eleven. I think so. So that was not too long after Red Tails Tank that he started talking to Disney about that, huh? I don't know. It may we may have. I mean, who off, knows? But, but that's not, I mean, but that's that's not. You're not wrong. And he's always he's always talked about how he's never he never. It's funny thing because George Lucas he started off as not even as an independent filmmaker. But, like, the films he made in college were, like, really weird little documentary uh, movies where he was never interested interested in narrative or story right. or characters. Yeah. He would do, like, weird little tone poems about life in the desert. Yeah. And, uh, and then he did, a, like, a couple weird movies that, like, caught the attention of the studios but, like, weren't didn't make a lot of money. Yeah. He did, like, THX 1138, which is this really weird Orwellian. Yeah. It's almost but like a movie really, put together by a it robot. Is, it is a tone. It's, like, it's, it's, like a, it's again, yeah. It's a poem that is con- concerned in form and structure and not necessarily feeling yeah but he like one of the people he knew at the studio was like george we think you're a good filmmaker but like you keep making movies like this no one's ever gonna pay to see your movies yeah if you have any marketable ideas you should talk to us and maybe we'll make something like well, we want you to do whatever you want to do but try to think of something that's going to be more appealing to people and that's when he was like okay i have two ideas that i think could be sellable i want to do a movie about uh kids just cruising the streets of modesto california uh, in the late 60s that turned out to be american graffiti and uh, he was like, I got this, I want to do like a like a Buck Rogers kind of thing. And the studio was like, well, Buck Rogers sounds a little bit expensive, but wait, we'll, we'll take you up on this like kids cruising thing. And that turned out to be American Graffiti, which, hey, it actually turned out to be a huge hit. And mm-hmm. he busted his balls. This guy who's very cerebral, very kind of nerdy, not very good with talking to human beings, not very good with human yeah. emotions. He, he hired a couple friends to help him punch up the script about, yeah, a bunch of teenagers just running around having crazy times. Uh, like yeah uh, on the streets of Modesto in the late 60s and that turned out to be a huge hit and then I like and but that that's so even that right there was so removed from like the weird little nerdy movies yeah. that he was doing little documentaries and then yeah. he did Star Wars Star Wars which again was just another attempt to like okay I'll make these couple movies that make a lot of money and then I'll go off yeah, and I'll do go my back own and do little. what I want to do yeah and then Star Wars he made Star Wars and that just shut down everything else for the rest of it I mean the rest of it was like that's the it. Star Wars yeah I mean you gotta feel bad for him even 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 it fucked up his family life because like his he wound up getting divorced because of Star Wars because he yeah. spent like from nineteen seventy three to nineteen eighty three. Uh, spent like like eight to twelve hours a day just working either writing on Star Wars or producing or directing or yeah. like, like his wife left him. She wound up actually screwing somebody who was working on the Skywalker Ranch. Aww. So that's even at least and he wound up getting divorced right before Return of the Jedi came out. And but 
uh, in those 10 years, he had adopted a couple of kids mm-hmm. and his wife left him and he felt creative bank- creatively bankrupt. It's interesting that he spent the next decade when he wasn't working on stars. He just said, fuck, it, I'm going to raise my kids. And that's all he did for most mm-hmm. of the 90s or for 80s and 90s. And uh, but yeah, he never really went back to doing those little independent movies. Yeah. And then when they first announced that he was uh, getting four million dollars for this, I was like, wow, he can make a lot of goofy little yeah. desert tone poem non-narrative yeah. movies. Whatever the fuck he wants to do with that kind of money. But like, no, but then he's gonna donate all the money to education. So I mean, yeah. he's still flush with cash just from being George Lucas. Oh yeah, if he keeps ten percent of that. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's not like he's gonna be living. He's, he's not. You're not gonna find him by the side of the road with a bindle going. I made Star Wars. But like, I guess I wonder if he's really just gonna retire, and that's he's not even gonna worry about making movies because he's probably too old to make movies. I mean, now. yeah, he's you probably, get to a point you're he just... can make home video. Well, the funny thing was like digital technology. There's nothing keeping him from doing. Yeah, he can do that at home with yeah. on iMovie. The movies, <laughs> and he doesn't have to worry about releasing them. No, he's got like he's got all his rendering bros. He's like, would, okay, he'll here's become the, the cinematic JD Salinger. <laughs> where he just like lives out. He moves back to Modesto, lives out in the middle of the desert. He turns into her, her uh, like Hermit Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> in his little hovel, just like I shot the Nagua. Last week, it's my, it's my ten minute homage to the to the to the iguana I shot. <laughs> Fuck narrative. There's no character. No one's gonna yell at me because I fucked up the plot or the dialogue in this. And so, like, kudos to that guy. I mean, everyone hates on him for the prequels and stuff, but George Lucas sounds like a really legitimately like cool a, guy. He's a cool guy who's kind of a sad dude. You know? Well, everyone's always kind of made the joke and pointed out the fact that like. The story of Darth Vader is the story of George Lucas because yeah. it's a guy who started off with the best of intentions, the, with the best intentions of fighting the evil Hollywood Empire with his little independent movies, yeah. and then sold out by making Star Wars and became the, like the richest guy in Hollywood and kind yeah. of the leader of this giant Hollywood that he was kind of fighting against with his independent movies. Yeah. And then yeah, because he sold out, he wound up his family wound up falling apart. He wound up being kind of I like, never sad considered that. And but he was re- he, this is one thing he he's he's actually people have asked him about that. And he said, yeah, in I am Darth Vader and the fact that I was redeemed by my children. Aww. And that's kind of like, oh, man. And then and he's all the money to kids. Yeah. And it's like, oh, George Lucas, you're making me a little misty. Like, come on, George Lucas. That's, yeah. that's, that's the best thing George Lucas has written down or said out of his words yeah. in his whole life. That makes yeah. up for all the terrible writing of the You guys can't that see it. Bill actually is tearing it's up. So sad. <laughs> but yeah, but the fact that he owns the fact that, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the Darth Vader. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> So. It's it's yeah. God so, bless him. Kudos to him. You know, but God yeah. Bless so him. Star Wars billion dollars, two billion in cash, and Jesus then two Christ. billion he he gets to buy out the well. It's two million. It's two billion two, in like stock. In stock, but then he it, he it's the option to sell that stuff, so he yeah. can still end up with cash. Jesus, but Christ. it's just like holy shit. That's not just a hundred million dollars. <laughs> That is forty times hundred million dollars. If a Star Wars movie's cost, if a Star Wars movie costs two hundred million dollars to make, yeah. which I think the prequels did, he can make twenty of them yeah. with the money he just got from Disney. Yeah, twenty. He can do another whole new. He can spend the next forty years working on Star Wars movies. Yeah, with the money he just made. Yeah, well, he can't because it's not anymore. I mean, he can't. But you know, it's, it's a, man. But well, the, now everyone's. I feel bad because like a lot of people are assuming that the new Star Wars movies are going to be about the. Did you ever see the like the extended Thrawn universe? Books? No. Uh, in the late 90s, well, for most of the 80s, Star Wars kind of went dormant. You know, like, there was yeah. no more movies. All the merchandising stuff kind of went dormant and stuff. Yeah. Like, but Star Wars started coming back in, like, it was almost exactly 20 years ago in the early 90s. Uh, was it the Heir to the Empire books mm-hmm. uh, were written? Was it about uh, uh, Leia's kids and no, uh, it wasn't even like about... Luke's kids? Eventually, and... their kids came into this universe, but it was the first time uh, 
Lucasfilm ever license anyone to do an official Star Wars story that takes place after the original films. Yeah. My mom read all, all those. Yeah, because I think all the books and stuff up to that point either took place before the movies or took place during the movies. This is the first yeah. time where, like, it was, like, it takes place, like, ten years after Return of the Jedi. And there were yeah. three books. It was essentially a book trilogy. And a lot of people marketing it as, like, this is the sequel trilogy. And those are really popular among Star Wars fans. And so everyone's assuming that, like, this pre-sequel trilogy that's coming out will be the movie version of those those three books. Fuck no. Out. No. <laughs> so part of the deal with Disney, uh, George Lucas said... I have a, a, a script and treat well not a script but I have a treatment I have story ideas for what if I had made uh, the Star Wars sequels what they would have be I've handed them off and even Disney said that's what the next movies are going to be yeah and so this mostly he's still hired on as a creative consultant I think they're just he's just going to show up and just kind of like make everyone look <laughs> smoke special, a like, cigar yeah exactly <laughs> hey guys this still looks like hey look hey they built R two D two again what are you going to do here hey R two let's do okay photo op okay I'm pretending to put the stolen Death Star footage in R two D two I'm ninety years old. And still doing this shit. Um, so yeah, so he did supply. What I'm sure his story notes for the Star Wars sequel is just like on the scribbles on the back of a post-it note. Exactly, just like, it's not like a, a napkin from a bar. It's like, <laughs> just scribble the words: uh, robots, uh, uh, alien hairiness, a C3PO uh, and R2 consummate marriage. <laughs> and David Lindelof is sitting reading this, going. That's it? I have to make a story out of this? Can you imagine if it's, da- it's Prometheus all over again? Or David Lindelof has been handed the makings of a shit sandwich David and has asked to make- kill himself before this is all over? Yeah, if they handed him before! Oh my god, like, he seriously! Must, he must be hiding in the ocean! What do I do? Uh, I'm writing Star Wars, but oh my god, I'm writing Star Wars, they're going to kill He's like, kill I have me. to take George Lucas's deranged jurings about trade! <laughs> sequel movie get made unless the first five minutes in the new movie trade, is just about trade negotiation and duck lift aliens that's it Damn. Brad, Brad Bird's like I can make I could maybe we could try to make this visually interesting but you know David Lindelof's like oh whatever yeah it's all depend on me George oh my god please help oh man um, I still think J.J. Abrams would actually be good because he's a huge he bad. he's he tried to turn Star Trek into Star Wars yeah. might, as well, might as well let that guy he's yeah. a, he he's he's not shy about saying that like his Star Wars Star Wars is his he's a good director yeah I thought it's great terrible well, the but... reason why I think Brad Bird is gonna be would be perfect is that Star Wars is for kids Star Wars is for kids it is it's for kids and you have to have someone is who can make be... a really good movie that adults would like too but kids would get you know really excited about it's it. gonna be C three PO Vietnam. <laughs> John Williams, he's going to be too old or too dead to score yeah. the movies. That's going to bum me out. Yeah. Because he's going to be like 95 yep. when these movies, when the first sequel movie comes out. Yeah. I don't even know what 
that? Because I'm assuming it's going to be a whole, about a whole new generation. Because George yeah. Lucas always said there's going to be Star Wars would be three trilo- trilogies, and each trilogy would be at about a different generation. Yeah. So you might get like old old. Uh, who's old the main Luke. character of Star Wars? <laughs> I had to think about who's it. the protagonist? There's so characters. Well, I mean, which is great though, because now like Mark Hamill's old as hell. But, oh man, that'd be great. You could have actual Mark Hamill. Yeah, oh. and it's been like 30 years since Star Wars that started. Like, oh, That's actually like casting appropriate. And like, I, I, you're cranky not... ass Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh God, right. she's gonna try to sneak into the sets. <laughs> I can be Leia. I still am. Hey. Like you're Carrie Fisher. <laughs> oh my God, Harrison Ford. Oh. He ain't going. He's too tired to do that shit. I'm not taking my earring out. You can I, just CGI it. I came back for indie. I can't yet. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully, like the only person will come back will probably be just old ass. Uh, That'd be cool. I wonder if they'll, they get Peter Mayhew to dress up as Chewbacca though, because Chewbacca lives for because he's he, like he's yeah. like you. You're guaranteed to have at least unless you know what Peter Mayhew dies, they'll probably or he's too old. They I would imagine they would not bring back Chewbacca, but you'll ha- definitely have our two. Are you kidding? They don't give a shit. Disney doesn't give a shit. Well, that's true. Sake, but, if Peter you put somebody, but if you put somebody like Brad Bird. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you need a custodian who will fight for like story decision like that. Like, uh huh. Yeah. The guy who's gonna say you can't have Chewbacca in this movie because Peter Mayhew's dead, motherfucker. That's Man, not fans, that's not gonna fly. As the fans that with the fans. That's not gonna fly, Bill. Chewbacca got his prequel cameo. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be in the sequel. He doesn't have. To uh-huh. be. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, anyway, friends, that's us freaking out about Star Wars. For anything a while. else about that? Like yeah. intense. Oh, Dark Horse is likely to get kicked in the nuts. Yeah, poor Dark Horse. Uh, Dylan pointed out that uh, according to what's the I guess relatively recent sales stuff, uh, Star Wars accounts for twenty percent of Dark Horse's sales. <laughs> And, uh... Yeah, they, it is pretty clear. Disney has said, hey, you know all those business partners who've licensed all of Star Wars? Yeah. That's all coming in-house, because Disney owns... And even Dark Horse is like, yeah. for, for for the near future, we're going to keep on publishing Star Wars books. It sounds like, yeah, yeah like, they're con- like whatever contracts they have with George yeah. Lucas just got fucking... I wonder if they had any warning about this. Or I wonder if, like, Mike Richardson and those guys woke up on, was it Wednesday morning, going, yeah. holy fuck. Again, that's another. That's the dark side. Yeah, all of these this poor, deal. all these little indies are fucked. Getting kicked in the balls, man. And like, but now you, but yeah, but like you can get Muppet babies. Because now you have Muppets. <laughs> this is a beautiful thing. Yeah, because now Muppet, Muppet. Now that Disney owns the Muppets, Star Wars, and Indiana Jones, at last, at last, Muppet babies can come out on DVD. Because it's, it's funny to think about <laughs> half of Muppet babies from Star like Wars and real, Indiana yeah. Jones. Too. It's, it was. Just, it's like they like. What the hell's going on there? But yeah, that's that's the ultimate takeaway: is Muppet yep. Babies on DVD eventually. Yep. Uh, oh man. But all right, friends, we'll try and find some news that's not that. Uh, Dragon Quest VII is coming out on the 3DS. Oh, I was excited about this because I thought it was Dragon Quest Eight that I saw you play. Yeah. What did that? Did, did the what game I did that demo like that came? All of three minutes was of that the, Dragon was, Age or Dragon Quest. I had a good time watching. That was my first experience with a modern Dragon Quest game. Was the demo? Was that with Final Fantasy Twelve? The demo of that came. I with? can't remember because you played it for a while. I like, I I like the music and I like it was oh. all the, the voice acting was all like it was all this then. Yeah. Oh, 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 British in this game. Yeah. Which is weird to see in a, in a JRPG at the time. Yeah. But no, it's not even that. It's, it's, I think that was Dragon Quest Eight. This is Dragon Quest Seven. I should have deleted this. <laughs> I meant to. Bill almost found this interesting. <laughs> the dude who was in charge of making everything look terrible has left <laughs> Apple. What so does what? that mean? I thought you wrote that. Bill. No, what does supposedly, this mean? uh, there was, uh, some shakeups at the, uh, upper management at Apple. 
Mm-hmm. And the guy who is in charge of, if you ever notice on the iPod Touch or anything like that, like if you go into the calendar, it's kind of designed to look like a desktop calendar. Yeah. Or like the notes where it's kind of like a yellow piece of paper. And yeah. like the font is kind of this crappy kind of like want to be handwritten font. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people make fun of that where it's, you're trying to make digital stuff look, look like they're real. And yeah. a lot of times it's 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 stuff designed to look like stuff people haven't used in a decade or two. Yeah. Like a Rolodex or something like that. Like yeah. people haven't used Rolodexes since like 1985. Yeah. And so like it seems like arbitrary. Like A, the design is ugly and B, like no, take advantage of the fact that you've got a digital device. You don't yeah. have it. Like I could see from a certain perspective like Game Room. I can see why they decided we'll make it look like real. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, or it looks yeah. like uh, what is it? Isn't Game Center or whatever in in iOS, doesn't that look like a, like a craft table? It's like a table? poker table. Yeah, a poker yeah. table. It looks crummy, but you can see why. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a very old grandpa idea of design. Like, yeah. we'll, make, we'll, make, we'll make your date book look like it's got hearts on it when you bought it from Hallmark. <laughs> and so supposedly the guy who was really pushing for that for the yeah. longest time, he got kicked out. So yeah. supposedly in the future, like Apple, like the, the, the software, the UI should start looking a little bit more cleaner, Man, a little more futuristic. Man, we've got a post-Steve Jobs Apple. That's what I'm saying, and a yeah. post-George Lucas, Lucasfilm. Did we talk about people killing themselves because there's going to be a new iPad? Was that last week? What? Because they announced a new iPad six months after the old iPad. And people killed themselves? Yeah, because they're all like, oh, everyone who bought an iPad 3 felt oh, wait, feels no, no, betrayed. Oh, no, wait, no, talk about that. But don't say committed suicide. I meant call themselves, uh-huh. as in call themselves. We did talk about that. I'm going to change the subject. <laughs> Comic-Con will remain in San Diego until at least 2016. That's it. I should have researched that more. <laughs> well, no, I guess... Uh, uh, well, it's been, it was bursting, it seems, when we went to Comic-Con, like, years ago. That was only a decade ago. ago. Yeah. That was only a decade ago. Uh, well, I guess since then, I guess they have built more, like, at, like made additions to the okay. convention center. But still, it was really, out, like, it's obviously has outgrown that uh, San Diego convention center yeah. for a long time. And so they were threatening to move. Yeah, San Diego, they're threatening to move San Diego uh, to, like, L.A. or Las Vegas. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, I guess, I don't know if... Uh, this, I don't know if the city of San Diego had to promise any kind of like changes or anything like that to mm. keep, keep the Comic-Con people there for another four years or what. But it sounds like, yeah, the Comic-Con people were making really big kerfuffle over like, we're going to move. Well, they've unless, been talking about it for years. Unless you suck our dick, we're going to move. Yeah. And so I wonder if they promised them like tax breaks or something like that. Mm. But hey, at least San Diego will remain San Diego at least long enough for uh, new Star Wars to come out. That's right, Bill. Star, the Star oh, Wars episode seven that. will that will have its big... It's such a weird oh, sentence to say. Man. Episode seven. Episode seven. Man, I heard that's the one with cloud strife. <laughs> so, in interest to uh, local PDX bros, um, the Hollywood Theater has a Kickstarter to help fund the construction of a new marquee. The Hollywood Theater is my one of my favorite independent theaters in Portland. Um, it's a beautiful. I think we've talked about it in the podcast. It's a beautiful old. It was a vaudeville theater. They showed silent films, and it's now a nonprofit, um, and they show. Old movies, they show independent films, they do a lot of neat content, like they do, they have something called Heckle Vision, where they'll show like weird old B-movies, and yeah. you can like text, like commentary to the screen. They've they show got, TV like, shows, that, like, they show like Battlestar and like, I think Walking Dead and stuff. Yeah, like. and they're like, and they have right a Kung Fu marathon, everything like that. That's right across from Things from Another World too, right? Uh, actually, Things from the World uh, moved down the street. Oh, did Okay. Yeah. But over the last couple of years, actually since um, uh, a friend of mine, actually, Doug White, took charge of the Hollywood, they've been um, restoring the theater. It's a beautiful old building, and it's been falling apart. 
Didn't and, they, um, you, you were saying that they inherited the seats from the Lloyd. Yeah, the Lloyd Center donated yeah. uh, their seats. So they got really so good they have seating. modern seating. It's no longer a creaky old nineteen twelve. No, I went to see The yeah. Shining there. It was really good. Um, they've got modern seating. They've got new screen. They've got new surround sound. They've repainted see, everything. I haven't been there since then. Yeah. They've been doing a lot of good shit at the Hollywood. Um, but the exterior, they have this sign that's from the seventies or eighties. And it's literally the marquee. And it's it's leaking, and it doesn't look that great. Also, you know the big empty lot that was right next to Hollywood? Yeah. They're building fucking condos there. Oh, really? Or, like, some sort of, like, mixed so less parking building. for that place? Well, that was, it was always an empty lot. It was oh, a that's right, it is an empty lot. lot. Not even like, there was lot. talk of them turning it into a, the city's gonna turn it into a park, and they're gonna have a Simpsons statue of the Simpsons sitting on a sofa. There yeah. was talk of doing that. It all fell through. Oh, so, that, that should be, building... That were Kickstarter. I know. They would get enough money to, like, you could build half the fucking citizens <laughs> of Springfield. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so, but the the concern is that the Hollywood get lost next to this giant building. So it's going to be this new marquee with all these bulbs and this neon. And it's it's designed to look like the original marquee that was originally in the theater. Uh, So far, they've raised $15,000 of $55,000. Yeah. uh, But they still have 45 days. Yeah, their goal is to reach, I think, by Mm -hmm. December 15th. They have donations from local businesses, but it's not enough. So they're hoping to finish it with public donations. Uh, it's it's a great cause. Highly recommended. They're doing a lot of fun stuff. I mean, you can basically donate for the cost of a movie ticket and get free movie tickets. It re- if you're local, it just makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, you can donate your free movie tickets to stuff. Uh, man, if you pledge a thousand dollars, you get to curate a night at the Hollywood Theater. You yeah. get to pick a film of your choosing and introduce it in person. I'm really plus tempted. you get like like a free uh, admission for a year. It's oh really my god, incentives. I would do that. If I had What's more the cash most right now, up movie you could choose. If I had more cash right now, I would totally do Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Should we go have these? <laughs> That'd be a great birthday gift. Actually. Yeah, exactly. So that's my you thing. Got until It'd December eighteenth. Perfect. 18th. Oh man. Anyway, the Kickstarter is a great theater. It's a great cause. It's tax deductible. If you're local, throw them some of your money. Oh, someone's already uh, thrown down fifteen hundred dollars for a private screening event for you and your friends. You choose the movie. Some restrictions apply. No porno. <laughs> well, to be fair, like I, for my wife's birthday a couple of years ago, I called around town to rent movie theaters and like the cheapest that I could find was Academy like was what, $350. Bucks? Yeah. So all things said, it's kind of... Although this gets, also gets you like free admission for a year and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty... Anybody who doesn't live in Portland not The incentives this, are yeah. not, they're all pretty solid. It's a beautiful theater and a great cause. So highly, really look at it, take a look at it, friends. We'll post in the show notes. Yeah. Locals have no excuse not to pitch in a couple of bucks. Um, in an Edge Online interview this week, it was revealed that Valve once tried to hire Dear Esther creator Robert Briscoe, but Briscoe turned them down so he could working on keep working on the game, suggesting that Valve wanted Briscoe to work on something that wasn't Dear Esther. Originally, they got confused when they tried to hire Lenny Briscoe. <laughs> I don't get what this this is about. So this guy almost worked it. Did he? Did he, is he known for this sort of Lenny Briscoe? Was a. I'm talking about Robert Briscoeville. If you've seen Law and Order. See, Val I make a Briscoe like, County Val didn't joke. like his attitude and the fact that he played the mo- the dad in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> They're like, one thing in your favor is that you played Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. They're like, no, we're tired. What does this mean? Suggesting that Val wanted Briscoe to work on something that wasn't Dear Esther. What do you mean by that? What is right this? <laughs> I was tired this week. No, so okay, so what happened was while this guy was working on Dear Esther, uh-huh. uh, I guess Valve caught wind of it and I was at, uh, able to play an early demo of the game. Oh, are you implying that Valve would be interested they were in like, something Dear Esther? S- supposedly they played the game and they were like, "Hey, 
come up and this is I love how this shit happens in Hollywood. Like supposedly the guy wrote the wrote the first draft of Prometheus. He just yeah. got a call from Ridley Scott saying, "Hey, why don't you come up and talk to us?" And like an hour later, he had a job off yeah. to write Alien prequel. And supposedly this guy, like after Val, the guys of Valve got a chance to play an early version of uh, Dear Esther, he got a call from them saying, "Hey, why don't you come visit us up in Seattle? We just want to." Say, hi, how you doing? On the spot, they offer him a job. They're like, you want to work for us? Yeah. He's like, can I work on Dear Esther? And they're like, he did. He doesn't explicitly say, but it sounds like he would not have been able to continue work on Dear Esther if he had started working yeah. for Valve. Which, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I guess that means that they would not have let... Like, you'd think they would just hire him and ask to make Dear Esther a Valve product. Not necessarily. But I guess that's not what happened. You'd think that's what would happen. And also, um, frankly, if he if he worked on it, he doesn't own it, Dear Esther. Well, that's the thing. That's what he said. He turned them, Whatever happened, he turned them down so he can keep on producing Dear Esther by himself. Because he wanted to see what it could turn into if he yeah. just kept on working on it independently and all by himself and just stay true to his own vision without anyone else interrupting. Yeah. And that's what he happened. That's what happened. And, um, you know, Dear Esther's been a big hit. Hopefully it's made him a lot of money. But yeah, it's just in the middle of this, he got an offer from Valve, which most people would kill themselves to yeah. get these days. And he turned him down just to keep on working on his little indie game. God bless I'm glad him. to see the dividends paid off for him that, like, Dear yeah. Esther became a big deal. I still haven't played it. I've heard great things. Uh, they only announced a Mac version recently, and I just haven't had time. I bought it. I, I, I think I, did I buy it? This is the best part of the podcast. I own it, yeah. Yes, no. All the person thinking out loud. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah. But that no, that, that guy sounds awesome. I like that guy already. Even though his dad worked on Law and & Order. <laughs> and is dead now. So, an interesting news relevant to us. You know what? Um, but his uncle, Briscoe County Junior. It was officially announced on Thursday that J.J. Abrams has picked up some crazy shit called the Beastlies. The Beastlies for development as a TV series slash You don't want to make... Briscoe County Junior jokes? I already did. What? You were so focused on making your Law and Order joke or whatever. There's an episode about where they invent blue Beastlies. Jeans. You're talking about the Beastlies. Friend of the podcast. What's Beastlies? <laughs> <laughs> and then Annie killed Bill. Go ahead, Bill. You talk. Do it. Should I? Yeah. No, you talk. Bill. <laughs> Bill. Annie's patience with Bill just ran out. <laughs> I just hear that little ticker go click on the E right there. Click. Bill? Um, Bill? <laughs> no, okay, so Beastlies is. Um, I tried to get her to call them the Breastlies. They would just be little clay figures with giant boobs, but she said, fuck you. Uh, no, friend of the podcast, Leslie Lee Levings. Um, she, uh, is she a cartoonist? Yes. She's a cartoonist and she's a sculptor and she has this but series thing, of yeah. sculptures. Called the Beastlies. Yeah, she makes them like, but like in mass, practically. She makes them all the time, like these tiny, like Great little sculpty, like, thumb-sized little sculpty little monsters. They're very, very cute, and they just kind of run around and do stuff. And uh, she's been a big hit on the indie comic uh, con circuit, like at Stump Town. What, like, at, I think she showed like showed an ape in San Francisco mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, selling these little figures. And this this has been a couple years now. Uh, she uh, she got approached by J.J. Abrams. Asking if she would like to option the rights to the Beastlies to J.J. Abrams' production company, Bad Robot, uh, to turn into a TV show or a movie. And she's been working on that for a couple of years now, and I guess they finally signed up, signed the papers, and that was officially announced this week. That's After awesome. years, like, so she, yeah. And uh, I, actually, I I helped her uh, work on some of this stuff for, uh, uh, be for the Beastlies stuff internally at Bad Robot last year. And I wasn't allowed to say anything about it until this week now because if, if project officially announced, I can come out like, ah, 
J.J. Abrams has seen my stuff. It didn't make him go blind. <laughs> he saw one of my storyboards. He didn't bark on anyone. Well done, so, but no, like, But aside from my uh, help, like, my input into whatever behind the scenes was with, with, with drawing storyboards for the project. But let's be honest. You single-handedly made this project happen. No. That, well, <laughs> not so much because I'm not working for them anymore. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those things where, like, uh, the, her project was kind of on the back burner while they were waiting to officially announce it. And yeah. so... I helped her uh, work on some beastly stuff before, just just storyboard stuff. Yeah. Like she like this, all these characters and stuff she invented. I was just doing some storyboarding work, and so she just brought me in for like a month or two just to kind of do some just just some pitch stuff. And I think once they actually got serious about the project, Bad Robot has its own people. Oh yeah, they've got their own. So they just hired other people. So yeah, I didn't feel butthurt about it, but I, I'm oh, really amazing. proud of her. I yeah. love the fact that like it's good stuff. She took this thing, which which was her just kind of messing around like sculpting little monster animals, and now she's working in Hollywood. Yeah, good. And her. Leslie's cool people. So yeah, she's congratulations, Leslie. She's she's great. Well done, so. friend. George R. R. Martin has conceded that he's running out of time writing the Song of <laughs> Ice and Fire books, and that the finale of the HBO show may have to air in conjunction with the release of the last book. Yeah. Though how they'll pull that off production-wise is anyone's guess. For reference, the HBO series will have covered half of the five public books by published books by next summer. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, because it'll be uh, halfway through season th- uh, book three. Oh man, I totally hadn't. Considered by this that. spring, they will be halfway, and by next spring, they'll be done with book three, and there will be two books left. I hadn't really considered. And he that, has... theoretically, this TV series is the five. To light under George R. R. Martin, and but... he keeps on asking, well, "Where's book six? At least we know you have at least two more books." And he's just like, "I don't know, I'm working on it." And I was like, "Bill, I'm just glad he only published a book. Like, was it last year? Yeah, yeah, it was very, it was, yeah, it was recent." So, but still, yeah, it, like, like people have done the math, and they said, like, <laughs> even if he only puts out a book, like, it, it, say it takes another year for him to do do the next book, and three years after that, like, the book, the the, the show will have caught up. Yeah. And so, unless he makes the last book really short, like they're like, and so yeah. he's telling people he hopes that they everyone can at least, dies the end. Yeah, well, it sounds like he wants to make it so they can go in and buy the last book pretty much at the same time as the series wraps up. Although huh. that means he's gonna have to at least sketch everything out yeah. and give it to, to to HBO a year in advance so they can film it. I'm sure it'll be like Scott Pilgrim, where it's like you well, know, they're, well, they've already the been deviating and stuff. So yeah, and it's not like George R. R. Martin doesn't have a master plan. Well, they, he but clearly also, does. The weird thing is that like they keep on talking to Penn Ward from Adventure Time saying you know what we're just going to nuke the world at the end of the HBO show we're just going to turn into into live action Adventure Time (laughs) I like it turns out man the uh, was it the pig shit fire that Tyrion uses in the Battle of Blackwater he he ends up making too much and it blows up the whole planet Benedict Cumberbatch is going to star in a movie about Brian Epstein, who was the gay manager of the Beatles who eventually OD'd slash killed himself. Supposedly, John Lennon had a fucking field day fucking around with Epstein for being queer. What an asshole. Yes. This, I only bring this up to point out John Lennon was a douchebag. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, uh, Brian Epstein's always sounded like a really interesting character. Yeah, he was, I don't know if he was like all out gay or if he was just bisexual, but whatever it was, supposedly John Lennon, like, he supposedly had, had a little bit of a crush on John Lennon. Aww, and John Lennon and used, shit all John the time. liked to use that against him to kind of like fuck with him and try oh, to get his own way within terrible. the band. John Lennon was, yeah, I mean, on the grand scope of humanity, I guess he was okay, but like, he was a vicious little dickhead in person. And, like, he would call him, like, fag and stuff like that. Like, John Lennon was a shit. For all his imagined, I love all the people, Angela Lennon, queers. Well, we would... You know, it's just like, fuck you, John Lennon. Well, you know, imagine all the people except for the queers living like Except for Brian Epstein, got his finger in my bum. Still make a movie about... Who's gonna play John Lennon? It'll be Ice King. <laughs> Ice King would fit in a little... With, with, with little, little glasses? glasses. <laughs> 
Eleanor. So John Lennon's corpse turns out to be Ice King before the uh, Game of Thrones apocalypse happens. Oh, God. Do you think Tyrion turns into Jake? <laughs> he gets radiated and turned into a little yellow dog. And he's like, oh, baby, Daenerys is Marceline. Yeah. yeah. Peter, Peter Dinklage voicing Jake in the live action. Playing Jake. With, like, stretchy just, arms. No, no, no. It's just, it's just Peter Dinklage. It's just, oh, like, painted yellow. <laughs> Not really a costume. He's got like a onesie, a yellow onesie. Who plays? And who, a cigar. Who plays the fuck brother? What character is that? <laughs> the fuck brother. King Joffrey's dead. Spoilers for Game of Thrones. <laughs> who is the, the dude? Oh, the I can't say his name. Nicole Custo. Custo. And he's just dressed like his character, but he's got the little hat. <laughs> no, he didn't read. What's his name? Lemon. Lemon. Lemon, lemon Grass. <laughs> Bubblegum. Oh, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Christoph. Christoph Waltz is gonna be in the next Muppet movie. What? That just sounds like fate intervening. <laughs> what? Christoph Waltz is gonna be in the next. Have they announced anything else about the next Muppet? No one knew there was gonna be a next Muppet movie until they announced Christoph. I think Christoph Waltz is writing, directing, and starring as most of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a vanity project. Well, people pointed out that they, they should start off the movie. It's a complete reenactment at the beginning of Glorious for Bastards, including his little rat speech about the Jews being rats, and suddenly Rizzo just shows up. They can probably just not even refilm it, but just pick it up right there so Rizzo shows up, and then he's like, yeah. oh, no. Rizzo makes a crack. There we go. Oh, my God. Uh, the Mythbusters crew is filming a Breaking Bad-themed episode this week, featuring the body in a bathtub full of acid and presumably Walt's hand-thrown phosphorus bomb. He uses at Tuco's hideout later in the season. Yeah. Sadly, they won't have time to tackle the magnet gag from the last season. Which is... There, there's been a couple things that's happened on this last season of Breaking Bad, which even in the commentary for the episodes for the Inside Breaking Bad podcast, the guy, Vince Gill- Gilligan, who's in charge of Breaking Bad, he's even admitted that like during filming, you're like, oh man, they gotta make a Mythbusters episode about this. <laughs> so they could probably do... Like, like two or three Mythbusters episodes just about Breaking Bad. Well, it's a show about chemistry yeah, and yeah. physics and all kinds of weird science stuff. So, yeah, it makes sense that like that's a very cut for Mythbusters. But yeah, no, I just love the fact they're filming that this week. So that's amazing. Yeah, I'm assuming they're going to take a pig corpse, put it in a bathtub full of cl- uh, hydrochloric acid, and see, and see what, what happens. happens. <laughs> that's what happens on the show. Put it in Jamie's front yard. What happens in the show? Is that the acid uh, melts the bottom of the bathtub before? I was going to say body. it would destroy the the bathtub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you have to put in. It's it's uh, yeah. It's yeah. We're curious to see how they how they how they present that for a family television show. Yeah. So the last note that I added to the end of your notes here was Ragnar Tornquist, I think is his name. What? He is a developer at a game studio called Funcom, and he is most notable for nerds like myself for creating an adventure game called The Longest Journey. Oh, I heard about this. What happened? Yeah, so f- he was working on, um, uh, what was it called? Secret, what is it called? Secret World? <laughs> I really can't remember the name of it. <laughs> Not so imaginative when it comes to... Secret... Secrets? <laughs> their MMO. He invented secret band roll-on deodorant. <laughs> the MMO they're doing, they ain't doing so good. The Secret World? Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, is that anyway, the one? He's is a creative like director the on that. Secret World, quote-unquote? Yes. Like, 
He's the creative director on that, and it has been for years. That's been his big oh, project. Oh, so he's already bailing. And watching that, it's all been like, as soon as they announced that, and he worked on another MMO before that that Funcom did, and the uh, whole time I'm like, why is this guy who made this really good adventure game, they did also make a sequel to it called Dreamfall, which I admit I have not played. the Xbox 3? Yes. It was for the original Xbox. Did you buy it? I, I bought it. I think I played like you, the first watched, 10 minutes. Dylan and I watched you play, like yeah. it was like the first Yeah, you guys minutes. did watch me play like the awkward stealth portion, and played? then I stopped playing it. Yeah, I never finished but it. But you wandering around the city. It wasn't bad. It, it was well. If you'd played the, the first, it's a classic adventure game. Are you disappointed? Well, it when Bill, if you take a game that you really enjoy, so and you're saying this guy shouldn't even try with the new one. <laughs> he fucked up twenty years ago with that. Well, my he well, he had to by the forces of the market make not an adventure game. He had to make an action game. Yeah. That's I can't fault him for that. You mean so, like the 360? Was that Dreamfall? Dreamfall the was for the Xbox. The one I saw you play, yeah. I wouldn't even know about that series if I hadn't seen you play that one title. So he left Funcom, though. He's still, I think, contracting as a creative director for Secret World, whatever it's called. How badly and... did you misspell licensed? Like, <laughs> really badly. <laughs> Granny, you're typing I'm typing it on my touch, Bill. <laughs> fuck, go fuck yourself. Anyway, no, he, he oh. has quit. He's left to form his own company. They have licensed Dreamfall slash Longest Journey Very from cool. Funcom. Without Kickstarter? And, well, this is the thing they announced they have traditional funding but they're also going to kickstart uh it was I, I didn't read too much into it but a game called um dreamfall chapters that i presume will be short episodes from the world because the longest journey it's a shame that it probably hasn't aged very well i think they actually released it for the ipad it's a good adventure game the world that he builds is really great mm-hmm. um and uh the little glimpses you see of all these creatures are really interesting like you know the um in uh mass effect there's um shit what are, i can't remember them now what are the hanar is it the Hanar who yeah. speak? Who who? who it's emotive where they're talking yeah. about like sad. Yeah, my fart. That broke. is pretty. I always thought that that was kind of an explicit allusion to a race that exists in the longest journey, who also are kind of a monotone sort of alien species, kind of these lumbering oh, okay, things. Yeah. What's interesting about them is that they exist outside of time. Their perception of time, they perceive all of time in at, at once. So when they speak Aww. to you, their tenses are all fucked up. Yeah. And it's because it, they're speaking to someone who's in a fixed point and you, they are out of time. But uh, I always thought the Hanar were like, as far as their delivery goes and to some extent, like their look is always an illusion to Longest Journey. Longest Journey is good shit. Is this all PC game? That this it, was a, it was a PC game. I'm pretty sure, but I'm pretty sure they came out with it for the iPad. I'm no, sure but, but the new ours. one that he wants to work on. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Presumably, it's gonna be. It's. Gonna, I mean, it's indie development. But more importantly, it's Ragnar Tornquist not making an MMO anymore. How are you gonna play it unless you build a gaming rig for yourself this month? God damn. Sooner it. than later, uh, before Christmas. Uh, see, my conflict. Oh, the Steam Christmas sale is gonna come up. <laughs> oh, you gotta do it before then, just for just. Oh my god, you really get to test out your gaming rig. Oh. Guys, if you have gaming rig recommendations. No, no. People tell me like, oh, I'll do... no, I just Guys, need to pay if you someone want to make a gaming, a gaming rig. rig. Uh, if you just want like, yeah, just, just, yeah. I don't envy you. See, just make, you know what? The reason why I'm a console gamer is I just go out and buy a fucking console. And plug it in, you're playing And five plug it in. Later. Yeah. I don't want to have to learn about, I don't, or, and I don't want, like, shit, my goddamn, like, video card went dead. Now I, I hear it. Nintendo's got a new thing that's going to be just as good <laughs> as, as any gaming. <laughs> Two podcasts from now, we're gonna have the Bill's Walk of Shame where I bought a Wii U. <laughs> Meh. What, what was what did uh, so I follow uh, 
what's her name? Uh, Anna Kendrick on Twitter. Yeah. And she was talking about she's, she's making fun. She's, I, I, I love hang out her with Twitter. Her. I want to have a beer with Anna Kendrick. She was talking about like the day after Halloween. She's like, hey, so uh, who's doing a walk of shame this morning? And what did you call it? Instead, oh wait, excuse me, the stride of pride. <laughs> <laughs> was that Thirty Rock? No, was that, that was actually that that, on 30 there was an episode called like just two weeks ago called Started Pride. So oh, she was okay. making yeah, reference. See, again, that means she's got good taste in comedy. Yeah, she didn't write that joke, but she knows yes, she, she knows where to pilfer. Exactly. Uh, artists, <laughs> good art, artists steal. Good artists steal. Masters rip off. <laughs> Thirty Rock. Anna Kendrick's hilarious. <laughs> well, well, we're saying we're all one of the Anna Kendrick. I just want to have a beer with her. She been naked in any movie. <laughs> I don't want to bang you, Kendrick. I just want to hang out with her. Until she gets so drunk. <laughs> Maybe accidentally bang a little bit. You're not going to roll it out. You're not going to throw up before you find out wake up the next morning. You're like, man, my mouth tastes like Anna Kendrick. <laughs> Friends, on that note, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. So what, what's going on next week? So you'll probably, you'll probably hope maybe you'll beat an Assassin's Creed. I'll probably be talking about Halo 4. But there, there, there's no other games that are coming out anytime soon that you're... Because uh, I, I feel so for me for I'm the so year. worried that Assassin's Creed is going to be such a dud for you that you're just going to be... Between that and your computer at home being sad, <laughs> you're, you're going to want to kill yourself next podcast. We'll see. I, hopefully there's something new on the horizon. There's an Adventure Time game It's not like I for... can't... I, I need a video game like, to live. I feel bad because you are an Assassin's Creed fan and this game kind of turns... I hope it gets better. Let's put it this I hope it gets better. But if it doesn't, I hope... You know what's most upsetting about uh, this game? My bar is so low for Assassin's Creed because it's not That's like... what I'm saying. They really have to kick you in the nuts to kick yeah, under that bar to make you exactly. sad. Exactly. It's like, it's not much more It's fun. one thing if I get cranky about it because I get cranky about everything. Yeah. That's my job. Because there are game series but... that I feel very protective of like Mass Effect and yeah. like, oh shit, or like, I have strong opinions. But there's some games where I'm like, I don't want much. Like the well, game... I, I even hate to say that you're an apologist for Assassin's Creed as much as you don't enjoy what other people get cranky about. Like, you're, you're not liking to get out of Assassin's Creed what other people are so like I don't know you just like running around exploring you're not I so genuinely about... for all of my love of yeah. narrative and character in games Assassin's Creed is one of the few games where pure balls out gameplay because there's nothing I love more than just running around in history it really is the most satisfying thing like I my favorite it is not difficult it is not challenging but one of my favorite things in all of video gaming is finding the highest point and climbing up, and then just the sound, and then the music. I will say one thing they did do in Mass Effect, or excuse me, in Assassin's Creed 3, is the sound when you climb the tower. Like, there's this music cue that happens that's on very satisfying. On, on when, the, you, when you go to a when when you go to synchronized point. Because there is, they did uh, do the sound of the wind going through the rain. No, 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 no. It's, it's a music. Well, it's no, music but I'm just cue. saying as far as the sound. The sound in Assassin's Creed 3 is good, when it's synced correctly. I was going to say, when it's synced correctly, and when I pause, and in, in, invariably, when I pause, during a cutscene to talk to my wife or something like that all of the sound will drop out except for one sound effect <laughs> try it try oh pausing God, you just when I was on the ship it's like ee, 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 ee. they had to release a 17 meg patch to make this game just as non-fucked up as it is right oh, now man. maybe you should set aside for a month and come back a friend of mine was asking uh, me, what about the multiplayer? And I'm like, what about the multiplayer? Yeah. I mean, it? it's interesting that, like, it's not just team death-based match. Typical. Oh, no. I mean, it's, and I do, I really but, like the character designs on multiplayer. I will give it a shot. But that's like I somebody will... asking you, how is the blowjob? Well, but how is the souffle? I, see, it's, it's not, I, they're not connected, really. It's what I always liked about Assassin's oh. Creed is not so much the character, but I like being in a place in history 
and I kind of like the loneliness of the Assassin's Creed games. Like I, I really like. Oh, so you're not much of a multiplayer player anyway. Like well, you're not, like, no, I mean, I'm not talking your... about in terms of. But no, no, of... but I'm just talking, and you're talking about your how you uh, interact with the environment, like yeah. how you live in that universe. Yeah, you're not. It's that like worried. I always like that kind of isolation, yeah. like loneliness. I re- what I really want from an Assassin's Creed game is that one of those issues that I had with the Ezio's. Um, especially the latter Ezios, they go out of their That's way funny to say you talk about it. Yeah. they t- yeah they go the out of their way to Assassin's say Creed two games. the thing that makes us different from the front the Templars is brotherhood. It's connections with each other. It's this togetherness. But the Assassin's Creed games are all fucking lonely. If they can ever and I was really excited about the idea of a Revolutionary War era Assassin's Creed game because it's, it's all, all these scrappy liberty, little yeah. exactly like people bi- like actually binding together against like overwhelming odds instead like, you're an asshole in a tree waiting to jump on a bear I know I mean it, like I said the game hasn't unlocked yet but I can't from all like all the writing and everything this is not going to be the Assassin's Creed game that I want and that makes me you know there it makes me uh, Assassin's Creed you made me sad. Why do I care? I love that the this fate is what of our I get. country has been decided in three days. I just, I just realized that. I'm, like, I'm more bummed about <laughs> I just realized. You know like, why? You know why? Because I can't think about the election. It actually gives me a panic attack. Like, yeah, that's happening. I kind of forgot about it. I'm like, because I'm thinking. I genuinely can't think I'll, about Because I was just thinking about, like, well, something's going to happen between now and next week. I just realized that's why I was, because that's why I was even thinking about it. I was like, oh, that's what What's going on? Obama might get kicked out of office on Tuesday. <laughs> by all, it sounds like by all uh, estimations and stuff, he's he's gonna win. Supposedly, but, but, even the Republicans know that. That's why like people are turning against Romney and shit now. But like, who but knows? You don't know I until can't, then, dude. Yeah, yeah, you can't bank fucking on that. Gore and Bush, man. I know. What was it? Five hundred twenty-six votes in Florida. The, it, the worst thing that can happen is people going, oh, Obama's got it. Yeah. Because then people that, don't you fucking don't, vote. You, you don't people, assholes like you are like, my vote don't matter. Maxwell Motley, you better vote for Obama. <laughs> Sean Baca. <laughs> An Australian listeners. That's what I'm saying. They care oh, enough to us. This you know is... what? Why are, we, why are they even listening to us? Because Australians aren't going to get any games we've talked about all year <laughs> until true. sometime in 2014, and they're going to cost $400 a piece. <laughs> That's true. So they, like, our, our listeners in Europe and Australia must oh. really love us, because it's not like anything we're talking about. Even I never considered Actually, that. Actually, Molly's still talking to us, and she says she'd not even be able to play Dishonored until Christmas, and that's all we've been talking about for the last three weeks. Oh, God. God bless y'all. I, we all love you I guys. can't think about... Mitt Romney is the first time <laughs> ever... What? You're color-coded. You, you have the colors of a Reese's Cup pumpkin. Because Reese's Cups, they come in purple and black with a little bit of orange in the middle, and that's what you look like right now. There, is there orange? There's, there's there your purple? t-shirt. That's red. If, you, if you're looking at me right now, you'd be, I, I'm like Homer Simpson looking at something and something turns into a ham sandwich. <laughs> I'm like you right you're now. You're like going, in that Lady cartoon where they're on the island and he just starts talking and he's like a, like a lamb or something. I'm kicking. Well, I'm subconsciously kicking myself for having missed out on not getting any Reese's cups, pumpkins, oh, jack o' lanterns. Now I have to go year. get um Reese's cup uh, Christmas trees. Uh, the day after uh, cr- uh the day after Halloween, I was at the store at eight o'clock in the morning and I saw them hefting out giant piles of all the Halloween candy and just swapping them for the giant piles of Christmas candy. Yeah. Like, like they, they had the giant parcels so that all the yeah. like aisles of like half the store... The, well, Fred Myers was converting everything over to its Christmas stuff. Well, I'll tell you But all. the candy was funny, really, just to see the, 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 the Halloween 
Snickers go out, the, the, the Christmas, Christmas Snickers, Snickers go in. in yeah. The Hers- the, yeah, it's just brand by brand. I yeah. was the night before Halloween, I was at Freddy's because mm-hmm. we didn't get any Halloween candy. I was like, oh, let's go get some. Yeah. And, uh, we were buying some, and they had consolidated, sure enough, the two aisles of Halloween candy had been, um, and Halloween stuff, had been crunched down to maybe a quarter of one aisle yeah, exactly, of candy. Yeah. And what was really great is that they had already swapped out all the, 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 um, like the backing and everything from Halloween to Christmas stuff. So and as I'm like, walking towards, before Christmas or? as I'm walking towards the candy, and I'm like, really? There's already Christmas stuff? And this Fred Myers guy standing next to me just has this thousand yard stare and goes, it's two months away. <laughs> two months. It is. It is. <laughs> and then he goes back to stocking you. It is a sixth of a year oh. away. Yeah. Happy Christmas to me. <laughs> Happy Christmas. So uh, this is the end of our first uh, pre-Christmas podcast. <laughs> All right, friends, as always, we're boyhattypodcast.com. We're at boyhattypodcast on the Twitter. Howdy at boyhattypodcast.com is a good means of contact. Yeah, throw this out there. Uh, this fact will never leave my brain. I can't remember the kiss of a woman, the feel of a breast in my hand. But I know November 4th is Ralph Macchio, <laughs> the star of The Karate Kid. That is his birthday. So if you get bored and you just want to, like, spam Ralph Macchio on Facebook, happy birthday... I have no idea why I know. I don't even know the birthdays of my nephews or nieces. But I know November 4th is Ralph Macchio's birthday. Uh, is that election day too? Man, is the next or is the next podcast going to be after the election? That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, man. Well, friends, next week, but I love the greatest tragedy for us is... nonstop. Uh, that's what, the biggest tragedy for us is like uh, Assassin's Creed 3 doesn't get any better. <laughs> might be something about an election but seriously well see this is the thing i can't think about politics politics because it gives me a panic attack oh, yeah. well, I, know. I literally at can't. least assassin's creed is terrible. that's a terrible bomb. you can manage yeah. i need the balm of assassin's creed so the, what, what what the worst thing that happens obama gets kicked out assassin's creed 3 like sets your house on fire <laughs> next week you're just like you're oh man that would be That'd be literally the worst thing in the world. You're, 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 you're Skyping in from the booby hatch. Oh, I'm a white American. Why do I feel victimized? <laughs> that's what I keep thinking. <laughs> Did you see all the anti-suffragette propaganda that someone linked to on Twitter right before we started recording the podcast? Did no. I mention this on the podcast? No, you talked to me, to me about it before we recorded. Oh, it's fantastic because it's 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 all like, well, if the women get the vote, this will what happened to us. This this will be life for us men. And shows like a guy holding a baby in the kitchen making soup. While the women are in the smoking room wearing pants and smoking cigarettes. And I, and I was telling Annie, the, 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 yeah, the greatest thing about that is that it's the greatest horror that men can anticipate that will happen from women voting is that they will be as treated as badly as men treat women. And it's just like, man. It's you know what's great? I think we and actually it's so did. so much like the stuff that happens now with the gay rights and it's just like... Shit, just... Did you see the study that came out that said Obama is actually the pro-choice candidate? Because if Obamacare is successful in um, having um, uh, uh, contraceptives distributed by um, healthcare providers, that abortions will go down by 75%. No, that, what do you mean the pro-life candidate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's been a big argument for all the time. And like, Well, no, it's funny that a study uh, came out, like a non-partisan study actually I know, came out and it's just... Anyway, friends, don't want to talk about politics. Nope, nope, nope. Friends, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. Thank y'all for listening. We'll talk to y'all next week. I will be either um, buying a shotgun (laughs) Um, or be, um, now that I can go back to, you know, just regular concerns about the world, then I will uh, be talking about Assassin's Creed 3 excessively. Bill is no follow-up. Good night, friends. I'm tired. Halo 4.
the important things. <laughs>